What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come to the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. The stipulations for this Sunday's Cadet Duff Park match are as follows. I forgot to tell you. I lie! Who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Triple H! I'm not afraid of you! Now, you know what's the front? The front says chicks Talking about some classic internet here. Oh, like a keyboard cat or a Numa Numa or a go- crab series? battle. Gopher. Rat battles, but rat battles of history. Go crab battle. Anyways, love you. Oh, what the heck is crab battle? I just send it Facebook message. Anyways, crab. I'm back, fellers. Oh, crab people. <laughs> I did it. Oh, I have a I have a confession to make. Uh, I don't know if I've confessed this before, but nevertheless, uh, I was going back listening to one of our older episodes just because I was like, I never listened to this one. So, you know, a lot of the jokes were hitting fresh. I was like, oh, I forgot we talked about that, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it was Judgment Day 03 and uh, probably my least favorite episode that we've done uh, or, or next to least, maybe. It, it's still yeah. solid. It's still solid, but um, I was listening to it, and uh, we're talking about like Spanky, and like, <laughs> I don't know how I missed this in the editing process, but like Jake's talking, and out of nowhere you hear, Bleh. and Kyle's yeah. like, Kyle says, "I meant to mute that. I'm sorry." <laughs> and I <laughs> that in post production, <laughs> so it's still up there, and it's been up there forever. Oh my gosh! So I have to say, I'm sorry, Kyle. <laughs> I remember that. I remember being so annoyed by that too. Because I was just like in the middle. I was like in the middle of like this minute and a half. Like I was explaining something, and all of a sudden I just hear this, and I'm like, "Damn it!" The thing is, like, I'm. I need to get like a like a desktop mute button because like the mute button on my microphone. It's like you have to go easy. You have to go easy with, otherwise you hear it. Yeah, I hate that about the blue on mine. I'm sure there's like a desktop mute button I can find. I'm gonna plug in. Or you could just not be gross. I can't do that. <laughs> I was just laughing so hard about that though. But, uh, it reminded me of the time. Well, never mind. Uh, were you saying something? <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought I was muted. <laughs> I, oh, I just thought it was the Blue Nation podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Did they do that on Woo Nation? 
It was so bad. Like, Ric Flair would just be, like, eating in the middle of the show. And, like, there was one time that he literally, they were talking about kids starving somewhere, and Ric Flair's eating. <laughs> He's like, they deserve it. He's like, you know, I'm really sad to hear about those starving kids. <laughs> That's so bad. Okay, who for real is putting their this hand in the bag? Please stop. Oh no, I'm, I'm putting I'm putting away a, a bag at the desk here. Okay. Kyle's organizing his. Uh, I'm organizing. Welcome to the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. Where is our mission to determine was it actually an error? I'm your host Levi, joined by the other host Kyle. Kyle, how's it going, man? Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going good. That's how's it going. <laughs> and of course, as always, to my left, it's good old Jake R. It's Jake. Want to take Jake back on the booth? How are you doing good, sir? I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm uh, I'm ready to discuss this show. Wait, what do they, they call them now? Premium live events? Mm-hmm. Because they're not on traditional pay-per-view anymore. It's all digital on Peacock. <laughs> yeah, so let, let's let's keep it at pay-per-view. How about that? How's that for a Ruthless Aggression callback? Ooh, that's oh. a Ruthless Aggression hot take. Screw premium live events. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can get the PPV or you can get the, the PLE, like one of those. Or you can get my PPJ, aren't we? That's disgusting. But of course, we're talking about the pay-per-view SummerSlam 2004. And of course, this event took place August 15th, 2004 in Toronto, Ontario, Canada at the Air Canada Center, which mm. is now known as the Scotiabank Arena. Scotia. You guys have any favorite solid warm and fuzzy memories of the Air Canada Center? SummerSlam 2004. Vince Carter. There you go. <laughs> I guess I guess the Toronto Raptors did, did play there. Yeah. And they go, raw. I'm a Raptor. I play basketball. We have an attendance tonight of 320,000. We are sponsored tonight. Oh, that's a buy rate. <laughs> they didn't get. I was about to say. Oh shoot! I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh dang it! I put the buy like, rate. What's the biggest <laughs> gate? In, what's the biggest gate in WWE history? SummerSlam 04. Yeah, three hundred twenty thousand in the. I'm so glad y'all caught that. It's like the population of us of a country right there, a small country. Um. No, that's the attendance of WrestleMania 32 right there. Well, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a the one for the most recent WrestleMania because it spanned out over the course of like a week and a half. At WrestleMania 420. <laughs> RVD, what are you doing here? Oh, I thought that was yeah, Seth um, for a second. They combined, they fused. Seth freaking Van Damme. That's what happens when you do the, the devil's lettuce, you fuse. Rob Rollins. <laughs> Rob Rollins is a bad name. That sounds like Rob Reiner's cousin or something. <laughs> <laughs> or Henry Rollins. Like, <laughs> Okay. Hey everybody, here's my cousin Rob. <laughs> okay, so we have an attendance of 17,640, which is jam-packed for this event, man. Canada was ready for some WWE. What's the exchange rate to American attendance? Oh, <laughs> 8,000. Oh, <laughs> 8 billion. 
they, they what is it just canada dollars is that what is that the currency yeah they're called canada dollars <laughs> <laughs> well i know in uh should be. in england it's like pounds and uh, pounds. In japan is, i think it's just the canadian <laughs> i think it's just the canadian dollar yeah I, I think so too but i wasn't sure but they do have they do have weird names for their coins yeah they've got the loony the toonie and then the mm -hmm. 5 10 and 20. it sounds like you're joking but i don't think you are no, like right now, I bet I bet our uh, Canadian constituents are feeling very validated that I know their their money. Mm hmm. I just have this gut feeling that Mr. Fretz will chime in any second. So, be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our sponsor tonight is YJ Stinger, and guys, I thought it'd be fun to do some YJ Stinger. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I have this uh, twenty-year-old. YJ Stinger cans, and we're gonna drink them right now on the podcast. All right, here we <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I want to eat a mountain. Wow, man, I really uh, caught the buzz and felt the sting on that one. Not gonna lie. <laughs> Is that what caught the catch the buzz, feel the sting? Yes, <laughs> right in the peen. <laughs> Let's see. We got Kyle to recite one of these uh, John Cena YJ Stinger raps once. Uh, so I guess I guess the only thing left to do is uh, Jake. Can you cut a freestyle YJ Stinger rap right here, right now on the podcast? Right here, right now. Right here, yeah. right now. Yo, 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 check it, check it. Yo, I'm hanging out with the YJ Stinger. I got five in my hand like they're my fingers. I throw them straight back and I drink them all down. Then I hop in my car and I drive around town. I got ladies in the back sitting with the diamond. You know, I'm just sitting fresh because I just be straight rhyming. Word life. Ooh. 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 Man, freaky fresh, yo. Ooh, Although, dude, you, 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 can give, you can give WWE alumni K-Fed a run for his money. Although I would have given you um, super duper big show bonus points had you rhymed Stinger with Jerry Springer, because that would have been uh -oh. ruthless aggression topical. I was waiting for it, but you, you know, you went finger. It's fine. It was good. It was fresh. Everything rhymed. So hey, I'm uh, just saying that I got five in my hand like they're my fingers. Like that was a... I That's felt that one was good. That that came off. All that was off the top of the dome. So five RJ stingers back to back. That's how you can commit suicide. Your heart will just stop. It'll just explode. <laughs> yeah, it stops because it explodes. Yeah, there you go. So our buy rate tonight, uh, not attendance, but our buy rate was three hundred twenty thousand. So a pretty solid number for the pay per view buys there. And our tagline is "Let the games begin." And I wonder why that could be. What what was going on in the summer of 04 mm. that could uh, possibly inspire this tagline? Uh, some, some sort of games, some sort of big games. International competition of some sort. Of course it was the 04 Olympics. Oh, what was I thinking? Oh. Do you guys have any fresh and warm fuzzy memories about the Olympics of 2004? And Johnson got caught for steroids and disgraced his entire country. Oh, what a douche knocker. What was this question? Canada. Oh. Oh, Canada sucks. 
Blame Canada. Blame Canada. Hey, how many how many uh, loonies and toonies did that freaking steroids cost, <laughs> brother? Get out of here. Okay, I gotta, I've really got to look this up. I've never heard what? of What? This term before for the coin, loonies and toonies. Yeah, loonies loony, and toonies. Yeah, this is the call. Loony, it has a loon on the one do- on the one dollar coin, and then the two dollar coin is Bobby a toonie. Dang. Because I thought they, I don't know. Yeah, loony I don't know toonies? Canadian currency, but extreme. I'm not, I'm not ribbon. Okay, so I thought in the tradition of SummerSlam, apparently, going back to our 03 SummerSlam review, we took a look back, kind of mid-year, what was going on. In pop culture in the year of 03. So I thought we, sh- we should do that in 04. Although, admittedly, not a lot was going on in this year. Mm-mm. It's kind of By a- the way, I just want to say the U.S. dominated the 04 Olympics in Athens. Yeah, USA! USA! U.S. Hey, characters welcome. How many How many gold medals did they bring home, huh? 36. Wow. Ooh. More than uh, China had 32. They had 39 silver and 26 bronze for a total of 101 medals. Ha ha ha. How many medals do you have, Kurt Angle? Just just uh, one? Who cares, guys? Two, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. He melted the other one down. That's right. <laughs> Made it into gold teeth. So, taking a look back at the year 2004, we kind of went over this already in our No Way Out review, but I think the year started hot. No pun intended, JR! When Janet Jackson's booby came out, whoa! But of course, we don't need to get into all of that. So, some of the movies that came out this year include Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Shrek 2. Yeah. Wow. Dodgeball. Yes. yes. Oh, the good thing they have dodge. That's a good tie-in. Oh yeah, Diva Dodgeball. Yeah. Did you guys talk about it, or are you going to make me cover it? Because I'm, I'm telling you right now, I've barely watched it. It sucked. <laughs> I, can, I can. Don't I worry, can I watched talk it. about it a little bit. <laughs> but no, some some of the music includes uh, Huba Stank with the reason. Outcast with Roses and Hey No Hey Y'all was the year prior, but Roses, mm-hmm. the follow-up about stinky old roses. I know you like to thank yo, don't stand, but a little bit closer. Roses really smell like boo boo boo. Smell like dog turds. Dog turds. Guys, I was obsessed with that song. Like I, I was obsessed. I was obsessed with Outcast. Man, you said it. Like, I was trying so hard to memorize that rap part, which still is just ingrained in my brain. Well, she's got a hottie's body, but she was hardly acting out as a part of the old party. Yeah! Good stuff. <sighs> yeah, shout, out, shout out, big boy. Big boy, I'm big boy. <laughs> so what, what were you guys watching and listening to in the year 04, other than SmackDown and Raw, of course? Ooh, probably outcast. Probably cartoons and South Park, which I guess is a cartoon, but for for adults, my mama didn't know I was watching here. I think I was I was listening to the Black Album by Jay Z a lot. Uh, solid, I was listening solid. to Ludacris. Uh, solid. Chicken and Beer came out around that time. I think that's that was Ludacris album I was listening to. <laughs> I thought it was. Um, sounds like a Limp Biscuit album. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I was just saying a little Limp biscuit. yeah, yeah. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, pretty much You guys remember, um... This is the way I pray. Remember that song? Uh, no, but that was a very good cover. It sounds like <laughs> no, Pearl I Jam. don't uh, I mean, I don't remember who it was. Anyway, <laughs> that's what I was just saying to. Okay. Oh man, watching a lot of basketball. Yeah, I'd say alt rock. I mean, I was definitely watching Raw and SmackDown. That was number one in my life. It was wrestling. Definitely some Nickelodeon, some some Heck Disney yeah, Channel brother. here and there. What watching that Cartoon Network, brother? Well, I didn't get Cartoon Network. It wasn't on my cable. Oh, you yet. suck then. I know. I love Cartoon. I'm, I mostly watch Cartoon Network. Like I probably a lot of SpongeBob. It. I think the SpongeBob movie came out in '04. I was probably watching that. No, I think that was '05. I don't know. I gotta check, but I know the show uh, Ghost Hunters came out in 2004. And I remember being into that. You guys ever watched <laughs> the, now, the Simple Life? That was out in no. 04 with Paris. Hilton. I think I watched an episode or two, and I was like, "This sucks." <laughs> I <laughs> never again. The the ladies in my family, the lady adults, were so <sighs> white hot and mad at uh, Paris Hilton for saying, "Walmart, what do they sell there? Walls." She's too good to shop at Walmart. Oh, she's the daughter of a rich guy who has everybody buy stuff for. How does she not know what Walmart is? <laughs> I remember they used to discuss the simple life like every week on my local like the Breakfast Club on one hundred four point seven K Duck. Like that was they had and yeah they would hey so yeah paris they had to decide between getting butter and getting makeup and they decided to get the butter how good for them <laughs> and they use the butter uh, and mud to make ma- makeup themselves man these really were simpler times were they not they really were simpler times brother that's hot <laughs> but you know what Simple. this event it's not a U.S. event. This is a Canada event. So why are we talking about freaking U.S. pop culture, you know? I don't know. What, what big Canadian shows are going on at the time? Degrassi, just, maybe? Just Degrassi and reruns of Kids in the Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it yeah, takes. Well, I forgot about Degrassi. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but no. Beaver, you must become the beaver. The only thing I remember about Degrassi is just wheelchair Drake, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the episode where he got shot, man. That was, like, super serious. Mm-hmm. And, and like it was like put over it was like they put like a comedy laugh track over it too which is like really bad taste mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever man like bang like... <laughs> okay so I thought that I would call in an expert to discuss Canada pop culture so I'm gonna swing it to Mr. Fritz and now a Canadian heritage moment with Mr. Fritz Hey, Billy, get me a large double-double and Timbits when you're at Timmy's today, okay? Drive safe, go Leafs, go. Oh, hi, everyone. I'm Mr. Fretz from the Fretzelmania podcast on WrestleAddict Radio. Since SummerSlam 2004 takes place in my home and native land of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, I wanted to give you a glimpse into what was going on in our country at the time. Our Prime Minister was Paul Martin. The Ontario Premier was Dalton McGinty. Now that I've gotten the nonsense out of the way, what was the number one song in Canada at the time? Well, our airwaves were dominated by the winner 
of American Idol, Fantasia Monique Barino, Green Day, The Beastie Boys, Usher, yeah, and the Canadian Idol winner, Kalen Porter. As for the movies, absolute classics like Alien vs. Predator, Princess Diaries 2 The Royal Engagement, Raise Your Voice with Hilary Duff, the Yu-Gi-Oh! movie, and who could forget, without a paddle with Steph Green, and most importantly, Anaconda's The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. August 2004 also saw the release of WWE Day of Reckoning for the GameCube, Astro Boy Omega Factor for the Game Boy Advance, a criminally underrated platformer for that console, and if you were in Japan, Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door. In sports, hockey wasn't on, so nobody was watching the Toronto Blue Jays finish dead last in the AL East. And finally, Todd Bertuzzi enters a not guilty plea in a beastie court for assaulting Steve Moore in a now infamous on-ice incident. That has been your Canadian Heritage Moment brought to you by Mr. Fretz of the Fretzelmania podcast on Wrestle Addict Radio. Give us a follow at Addict underscore Wrestle. Give me a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Fretzelmania. Listen to the rest of our shows, the Kings of the Rings podcast, and the Young Lions Perspective. Thank you, and have a nice day, eh? Hey guys, here's about uh, here's about the Canadian <laughs> entertainment. Ye. Hey, uh, I hope we were big into uh, the Trailer Park Boys, Atlantis <laughs> Morissette, and uh, you know, Celine Dion and Celine being Dion polite. Was Nickelback. Act. If you if you guys hadn't heard of Wayne Gretzky, he was big around here. Well, I I broke my leg and only had to pay for a crutch. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> loser. <laughs> Don't believe this in. <laughs> I leave think, it in I think I will call me call me little loony call me little toony I think I'm gonna leave it in I don't know man I'm just about to chug a gallon of maple syrup just cause I love Canada so much man. <laughs> I'm about to chug a gallon of YJ Stinger <laughs> just like Badlands chug style probably die man I'm not gonna lie <laughs> I love that guy so thank you, Mr. Fretz. I appreciate your contribution to Canada pop culture. And so now we transition into the opening package. <laughs> ladies, no! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the culmination of one incredible summer. Over the past six weeks, we've witnessed some of the greatest athletes in the world compete at a level we are not traditionally used to seeing. And I can honestly say, it's been the most exciting summer games I've ever experienced. But that was just the beginning, because next is the event we've all been waiting for. The event we've looked forward to, anxiously anticipated, ladies and gentlemen, the hottest event of the summer, WWE SummerSlam. I am destined to become the youngest world heavyweight champion in history. Against all odds, Chris Benoit never quit. You won't be able to do it at SummerSlam.
SummerSlam extravaganza. Booker T, John Cena, SummerSlam player. The champ is here. Till death do us part, Matt. Kane and Matt Hardy at SummerSlam. Lita will marry the winner. Here comes the bride. It's every man for himself. And the triple threat match Sunday at SummerSlam. Eugene! Triple H! You're my friend! I'll put you out of this business myself for good. How does the Undertaker do this? Get ready for SmackDown and Stacker 2's YJ Stinger present WWE SummerSlam. So this opening package featured bits of all the feuds going on. You know, another case of, for me, Vengeance 04 where you're making Triple H say, Eugene, who, me? <laughs> so, I think this has jumped the shark for me. I still like Eugene, don't get me wrong, but what are we doing? Did you guys... I don't know. Okay, did you guys watch any Raws leading up to this? Just just curious. I No, I'll, I'll be honest, no. Okay, I, I, they recapped it very well during the, the mm-hmm. show, I think. I, I don't think it, it gives enough depth to what actually happened but watching raw every week this is way too serious man i'm not gonna lie and it it got to that point i thought at vengeance i was like okay come on like what are we doing with eugene but now i'm really just like what are we doing with triple h and eugene it's really weird. I feel like just for as over as Eugene seemed to be getting, they really pushed him way, way too far, way too soon. Because yeah. the crowd tonight was just not having it. I Okay, the crowd tonight was awful. I hate this crowd. Agreed. Like, this crowd sucked. And it wasn't just the, oh, they're being silly. But no, like, this crowd was bad. It almost felt like <laughs> they were being contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. Right. Which, oh, you're so cool. I, and this is really the first instance I can recall of this being like it was. Right. And it kind of it kind of gave me perspective on why JBL in the future took it so personally <laughs> to try and change <laughs> the narrative. Oh, Bizarro World. Bizarro Island. It's like the one time where they could say that, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess you guys are a little right. <laughs> But we'll get in. Oh boy, all they cheer who they boo and they boo who they cheer, Michael. And I love giving my big kisses on the lips. I'm like, what? <laughs> but we'll get into all that later. Uh, but what what did you guys think about the, uh, the opening package? Uh, I thought it was it was okay. I thought it was hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. It was, I... yeah. Did you not get the uh, like the the Olympics opening package? Oh yeah, that part was tee ha ha funny, but. Oh, I thought that was hysterical. Like, that's the only thing I could really focus on was the fact that they, they had all these WWE superstars coming out, acting like they're doing Olympic events. I thought that was really, really funny. 
I thought, I thought like the first shot of just, just Eddie Guerrero shaking his titties around was weird. That was a weird choice. But other than that, yeah, it was fun. The only thing I'll say is on the, the Peacock version, they edit out the uh, the theme and it's just replaced with the worst generic track ever that doesn't fit anything. It just feels like fake. It's so weird. It's the worst yeah. edit I've heard on the network so far. So it fits the theme of the show. <laughs> Because wrestling's fake. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I want to note about this uh, this package is Undertaker. They they got a, a soundbite of him saying, "You, me, and Dupree." <laughs> I mean, I He's not talking about Rene Dupree, of course not. Not Rene Dupree, who lost in the uh, heat match before the show. <laughs> but I just I just thought that was funny. So, Kyle, you right. have a big, juicy set. Can you describe this set to us? Okay, it is just like a maybe like eight foot tall, like pipe and drape setup. Uh, there's like one of those little disco lamps, and that's about it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like a crappy indie show. Um, no, it was, it was neat. Uh, the main thing that composed it was this big kind of curved uh, Tron, kind of think of like a half circle with the wrestlers coming out kind of like the center at the bottom. And then above that was a big single Tron, but it looked like they had recycled like a, the, the No Mercy Tron for it, but it, it fit like with the curvature. So it, it worked. It looked good. I liked it. And if I'm not mistaken, this will be the set for the next two years. So 05 and 06 as well. <laughs> Ooh. I really like the way that they would like put the wrestlers names around and like something like when triple h comes out it's like the game and then something was on the other side but then triple h over the top it looked really cool but then eugene's was like scribbles and stuff <laughs> oh um, yeah i just remembered something about the opening and i think it maybe it makes sense levi did you watch like the dvd version or something or I, did you watch no, that i watched i watched peacock because i was thinking like it's sponsored by YJ Stinger, but I'm not sure if like they kept that in the opening. Like YJ Stinger percent. Yeah, because but they still have like a point where I'm. Oh, you can hear the buzzing. Like, yes. Yeah, I'm assuming it's supposed to be there because it's like. What the hell is the buzzing? That was it. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you can go on like on Daily Motion or something where someone posted this like 13, 14 years ago. And see, um, and now Raw SmackDown and YJ Stinger presents. So, yes, that, that's exactly what that was. I'm glad you pointed okay. that out. That's what I say. That, that weirded me out. to refresh <laughs> okay the first match is Bubba T-Bone and Spike Deadly taking on Rey Mysterio Billy Kidman and Paul London and I think it's for uh, titles for the Intercontinental title and the tag title or something there you go Cruiserway mm -mm. yeah what what oh, same thing same thing who cares <laughs> yeah it's all fake anyway who cares 
It's all fake. It's a Dudley's. Who cares? Predetermined, if you will. Over the course of SmackDown over the past few weeks, we've seen the Dudley boys transition from being with Paul Heyman and feuding with Undertaker to looking to align with Spike Dudley. Simping for Spike. How far can you fall, you know what I mean? Over the course of a few weeks, the Dudleys are like, Hey man, if you need any help, just say Dwight. And at the time, they're tag team champions. Uh, 18 time, I think. Something ridiculous like that. Damn. Spike's like, why would I want help from you? You're nothing but bullies. Oh. And what a great idea for a gimmick. Why would I want to be helped by you two? You both gotten fat. <laughs> Aww. And so, <laughs> not to be mean, but they both kind of look fat in this match. No, I well, mean Bubba for sure. Next to a, like, if he looks like a zipper if he stuck his tongue out. <laughs> I want to understand that, but I don't. He's skinny. Oh, Spike! I was like. Bubba? I can't make that make sense. No. Spike looks like Spike. The other two look a little thick, brother. Well, I mean, if, they're if living Spike to their names. Next to them, they look like they're number 100. <laughs> <laughs> so, anywho, let's reel it back, folks. Uh, Spike, he's like, he's declining the offers. Uh, the next week, they, the Dudley boys lose their tag team titles to the hot new tag team of Paul London and Billy Kidman. Yes. I mean, out of nowhere, man, Paul London is on SmackDown and tearing it up. Paul London sounds like he should do hair. <laughs> Styles by Paul London. Again, the Dudleys approach their brother Spike and are like, Hey man, if you need help, just say so. And Spike's like, Last week you offered your help and you were the tag team champions. What makes you think I'd want it now? And just laughs him off. And Devon's like, ooh, you son of a bee. I'll get you. And so, um, during Spike's match with, uh, I think it was, uh, it was a triple threat match between Chavo and uh, Jamie. Uh. <laughs> ooh, Chavo. To determine the number one contender for the Cruiserweight title, the Dudley boys sneakily interfere... And costs the other dudes the match, and Spike picks up the win. When Spike realizes what happens, he's infuriated with his brothers. How could they do it? He didn't need help. He didn't ask for their help. Spike, he challenges Rey Mysterio for the Cruiserweight Championship. And what do you know it? He wins the Cruiserweight title with the help of his brothers. <gasps> and he turns on <gasps> Rey Mysterio, his one friend. Oh, not Raymond Mysterio. No. Kicks him right in the berries. Ooh. Then, then worst of all, they set up a table. Spike, the boss, tells the Dudley boys to get the tables. They set Ray Mysterio up on it, and Spike hits the coup de gras through the table, which actually looked pretty brutal. I'm not gonna lie. That's because mm. he, he just came straight down. There wasn't he he wasn't working it. <laughs> no, exactly. So, yeah, Spike is a dastardly villain now. We got these Dudley boys with the boss, Spike Dudley, at the helm. And we got the hot new tag team with Rey Mysterio looking to get revenge. Who will win in this match? Let's find out. So, 
So one thing I do want to note here on the entrance is Rey Mysterio, despite the music, does not jump out of the sky. Did he, has he stopped doing the the jumpy bit at this point because his messed up knees? Mm. Or they just this no. is a one time current, one time thing, man. Whoa. As far as I can tell, now I think he, now he jumps out of the sky again. Like, Does he? Modern day WWE. I think. I think. <gasps> I think you're right. I don't know, man. But I'm only I'm basing serious. that off I miss, of. Uh... I miss the sky. <laughs> I'm only I miss basing you jumping out of it. That took that took a little bit away from me, but it's whatever. So to start the match, to start the match, Devon he hammers away at Kidman, but he gets arm dragged down for his efforts. London comes in for an assisted moonsault and gets drop kicks for a two count. A rather hard clothesline takes London down. And it's off to Spike for some screaming stomps. Bubba comes in for trash talking and a big elbow drop. And I gotta say, I gotta give it to the Dudleys, uh, or Bubba Ray here. I do like his elbow drop. It's kind of nice. It's just like a big man elbow drop. Tame bad. Tame bad, brother. And so they start working over Paul London. We get straight right hands to break up the comeback attempt. But Bubba hits Devon by mistake on the apron. Spike gets kicked away, and that's enough for the hot tag to Rey Mysterio. Oh, yeah. He's coming out the sky, by God. He can fly. Oh, why? Rey hits a springboard leg drop on Spike. He hits a seated senton on Bubba, and I was actually surprised that he hit it. Because I was like, I figured small man like Rey, big dude like Bubba, he would catch him, powerbomb or something. But he, he actually let him hit it, and I was like... That's cool. I like to see that. He hits a uh, Hurricanrana out of the corner. A reverse DDT plants Devon, and it's back to Kidman for a top rope back elbow to Spike Dudley. Everything breaks down with a BK bomb on Spike. Burger King bomb. <laughs> That's all I can think about when they say that. <laughs> Bubba gets double drop kick to the corner, and Spike takes a heart attack of all things. The 619 sends Spike into a shooting star press from Billy, and I thought the match was over here. But Devon... That was a, that was a one. tight shooting star press, too. <laughs> I was like, really? Yeah. Like if, he, if he got like a few inches closer, he would have been knocking his head against the turnbuckle. It always makes me nervous when he doesn't scoot him out far enough. I know. Didn't he like whiff that one that one time? That was like really embarrassing. That was Brock Lesnar. No, I swear he did. Like, I swear he. Did. I don't know. That was funny. Maybe it was like him on like an old. No, no, no. I think it was like an old WCW episode. He completely whiffed it. Broke his neck. It was really embarrassing. Guys, are you really going to put WCW on this episode too? Yeah, brother. <laughs> so yeah, I really thought it was over there, but Devon pulls out Spike at the last second. He starts beating up on the dudes, and uh, we get back in, and Kidman walks into the 3D. Allowing Spike to grab the win over these dudes. <laughs> Jake, let's start with you. What do you think about this opening yet again Dudley Boys match? I thought it was anus. I hated this match. Really? I'm just so tired. Of, I, yeah, I'm tired. I don't like. I like. I've seen so many multi-man tag matches that I'm just tired of them. Like, just have a match. You don't need. You don't need it. And I, I don't know. Like, I'm tired of seeing the Dudley Boys. Every time they come out and they're like, here we, here we come, we're the big badasses. I'm like, you guys are fat. You don't, you don't fucking, you don't work. Like, I, 
he's, he's doing the thing, like, Bubba's at the point now where he's doing the thing that Dusty Rhodes used to do, where he just kind of stands in the middle of the ring and has people come to him so he can hit them. And, yeah. It, <laughs> wow. Like, come find it. Come find my elbow. Yeah, that's what he's doing. I'm not... I want the Dudleys to go away. I want the... I want Dave... Well, I, we're, we're far... We're past... Reverend Batista, but I'm just done. I don't want to see the Dudleys anymore. I think your wish will be granted in a matter of months in the timeline. Good. So there's hope. Don't worry. There is hope. Kyle, what'd you think? Uh, I mean, I didn't hate it. Uh, yeah, I, I get tired of Dudley openers, but it's... I don't know. Uh, I think their opponents kind of make it at this point. I thought it was a it was a fun enough little little opening, you know, just trying to get the crowd going. I'm not sure if it really succeeded, but you know, it's whatever. <laughs> For me personally, just kind of thumbs middle. It was just nothing to write home about. Didn't really stick much with me, but I didn't it didn't hate it. Same here. I th- I thought it was inoffensive, and uh, you know, I've I've been one of the the Dudley's uh, biggest critics, I, I I guess I would say, but. Um, it didn't offend me. I, I like I like Spike Dudley in this role. Uh, I like that they're kind of like pushing him as like the boss of the of the Dudley Same. boys. I like that they're. All I, I think I think I think having I think having Spike in it certainly bumped it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a little confused on like everybody pivoting from the Undertaker Dudley's feud, but we'll talk more about that later. But yeah, I, I thought it was inoffensive. I, I certainly like the tag team of Billy Kibben and Paul London, even if it's just like, wow, this is completely out of nowhere. Who is Paul London? You know, that sort of thing. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, inoffensive. Uh, it was short. Uh, I think they could have done more, uh, but it was like eight minutes long, six minutes long. I don't remember. But um, yeah, I mean, the Dudleys had to go over here and and put over that Spike is this uh, top, for lack of a better term, heel. So, thumbs middle. The next match is a till death do us part match as Kane and Matt Hardy fight for the right to marry Lita for the baby for her baby. <laughs> like a baby. Like a baby. <laughs> like a baby. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So Lita must marry the winner. How did we get here, man? Demon semen. <laughs> so, of course, this dates back to after WrestleMania 20, where Undertaker embarrassed Kane from coming back from the dead. <laughs> gotcha. And Kane was looking for a uh, sacrifice. And, uh, of course, at first he feuded with Edge, and that didn't really go anywhere. He, made, he, he was made to look like a chump. But then he's looking for a sacrifice. Demon semen. And... Uh, <laughs> And yeah, Alita was targeted. And in an effort to get Kane to leave her and Matt Hardy alone, secretly, Lita agreed to spend the night with Kane. Get it. And what I need from you guys right now... Oh, no. ...is to tell us what it was like when Kane, or rather when Lita, 
played by Kyle. No. Approached Kane's house, played by Jake, not the house, but Kane, <laughs> to spend the night and go. Hey, Kane, can I come in? I need a place to sleep. Hi, Lita. Hey, cool. I've, I've been making cream puffs. Ooh. I can go for a big cream pie just about that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've got. I brought Jerry the King Lawler with me, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah, puppies! I do mind. You and I aren't gonna need Jerry the King to call any of this action. Um. I, I guess I'm going to consent to sexual intercourse with me right now. <laughs> this is consensual. Yes. Consensual intercourse. Consent, consent <laughs> is my fetish. <laughs> so that's the part they didn't tell us on TV is that this was 100% consensual. That actually well, clearly sounded, that actually clearly consensual. Friendly, man. He was he was baking when she got there, you know, and uh, yeah, then yeah. she said something lewd and lascivious, and then they got after it. This seems like a pretty regular interaction to me. Makes mm -hmm. me wonder why she was so uh, freaked out on television. Maybe it's maybe it's because Kane's like the guy version of a moped. Like you know, he he's he's got the baby's arm, but you don't want like people to know that you've been swinging from it. <laughs> oh. Oh my! Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, fantastic job, guys. Uh, I gotta say, <laughs> I gotta say, I was surprised at the plot twist there, but uh, I mean, hey, you can't rule out anything. This was behind closed doors. How, how are we supposed to know? <laughs> the plot twist of consent. Wow, this is intercourse. Ooh, ah. Ooh, Ooh. that feels good, <laughs> baby. That feels good on my. Burnt little wiener. <laughs> how do, hey, Lita, how do you like your wieners? Burnt. <laughs> it's like a burnt hot dog at the fair. Woo. Oh, oh God, what are you doing with a gasoline? Oh. <laughs> um, you know, speaking of that, uh, there was, a, there was a, a bit on Raw, not a bit, but like a, a line that JR um, said on Raw where, K, uh, where King was like, Oh, come on, JR. Why are you so mean to Kane? And he's like, oh, forgive me. I, I was burnt last year. I forgot about that. Excuse me if I'm not a little biased towards Kane. You set me on fire, you stupid idiot. <laughs> <laughs> the hell is your problem? I was dying laughing. Excuse me. <laughs> he used to be your dentist. Oh, go, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And so we, we continue. <laughs> forgive me if I... I'm still a little hot about getting set on fire. <laughs> so to speak. So to speak, folks. Oh, man. So, um... If the teeth are blue. If you will. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, they spend the night together, and Lita's pregnant. And so we, we are going week to week wondering, who is the father of Lita's baby? Is it the 1974 Denver Broncos? Is it Chef? <laughs> Is it Mr. Garrison? You know, we don't know. Until a week on Raw, Lita takes a DNA test. <gasps> Dana. 
D is for DNA. And they took DNA from Matt Hardy as well as Kane. And as it turns out, Matt Hardy was not a match. <gasps> you are not the fire. So while Matt Hardy has agreed to marry Lita, no matter what, he will be raising a child that is not biologically his own. Or demon child, a demon spawn. So, of course, this makes Kane laugh, and uh, he says that, well, I guess, Matt Hardy, I'm more of a man than you are, which doesn't make sense to me, because it I'm wasn't... more of a man than you are. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, this is not how the bi biology works, and, you know. I, I'll, be, I'll be real, like, I don't remember Kane sounding this stupid <laughs> before. I, I know, so man. He just sounds <laughs> dumb. He's like, ha ha ha. I Matt. your girlfriend. Ha ha ha. <laughs> it's like he's trying to act like all tortured and messed up, but he's not the best at it. He'll, he'll save that for when he's in office. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we have a match. And uh, how we got to the stipulation was Lita was like, Matt will beat you in the match. He's like, well, why don't you marry the winner? Oh, you're not so confident now, are you? And she's that's, like, that's okay. That's stupid. No, who would do that? <laughs> she's like, okay, I will marry the winner. <laughs> WWE women are property. They're property, and they're stupid, and they just like spooking. And they just like getting their puppies out. And shittily shaking them around. And playing dodgeball. I'm more of a woman than you are, Tori. I'll get my puppies get out. I was able to get pregnant faster than you were. <laughs> Alex. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm going to expose your puppies to the whole crowd. <sighs> well, that's okay, because I'm lactating, because I'm so pregnant. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's like an Austin milk bath. Oh, God. <laughs> God, that's gross. <laughs> oh no, the milk's coming out of SJR. I'll block it. <laughs> oh, milk fingers. No, <laughs> girl, I forgot the fucking milk fingers. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> so, why don't we get into this dumb little match, shall we? Mm hmm. Milky fingers. So, to start the match, Matt goes straight on the offense to Kane. And he hits a middle rope side effect. Goes for the pin. Only good for two. Damn it. He gets a middle... <laughs> <laughs> You're really rooting for Matt Hardy, huh? Yeah, V1. <laughs> no, we don't want Lita to marry Kane, despite their uh, consensual <laughs> night of happiness. Happiness. <laughs> uh, middle rope leg drop to the back of the head of Kane. Uh, gets a two count as well. And a weird tornado DDT with Matt landing on his knee, which might explain his injury forthcoming. So Matt's actually getting a lot of offense is one thing I noted here. Once again, I, I'm befuddled on why we have to take this cane seriously, man. I don't know. I mean, credit to Matt Hardy. Like, yeah, he, he's really given all the offense, but... <sighs> Yeah, I don't want to take anything away from Matt because at this time, like, you know, he's someone that could have been built up as, like, a next big star. Yeah, but you can still very much go at this point. We have the power of hindsight to where I'm just like, hey, 
okay, it's Kane. <sighs> Why? Why are we doing this to Kane? But at the same time, I'm like, I hate Kane. So cool. <laughs> it's like if there's one thing that the ruthless aggression has done, it's make me realize how lame Kane actually is. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's, that's the best way to describe it is just lame because he's trying to be all like tortured and scary, but it's it's not. <laughs> you should have kept the damn mask on. Are the viewers? Oh, ooh, take that! Another burn to Kane. <laughs> oh come on, oh. Kane! What are you gonna do? <laughs> But it was a psychological burn. You see, it was an actual. By the way, it goes, this, this he goes, look at my face, Jim. Ugh, God, you're ugly. <laughs> oh, 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 man, there's no burns. <laughs> just, I'm just an ugly guy. Mm, I'm just ugly. Why'd you bring that back? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, JR has quite says quite possibly the funniest thing ever on commentary in this match. When they get outside the ring, it's like, oh, maybe, maybe he's hoping for a count out. He says, well, there's only one way to win this match, King, and that's by pinfall or submission. <laughs> uh, okay, that's weird. There was like a beat in the commentary where you could tell, like, Jerry just kind of looked at him and he's like, I know, I know, I said something stupid, don't say it. There's only one way to win this match. Oh, man. What a stupid idiot, Jim! Okay. <laughs> but the funny thing is, like, you know that Jim Ross was mad about that for, like, six months. Oh, of course. So he's, he's like, hey, Jim, how's it going? Well, God, I'm doing all right, but three months ago on SummerSlam, <laughs> he said there's only one way to win. To be fair, Vince, Vince is probably in his ear like, you stupid fat bastard. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Vince. Like, damn it, pal, there's submissions two ways. <laughs> Jake, your virgin sounds a lot nicer than I imagine he probably was. <laughs> I think Kyle had the more accurate depiction. I don't know. I don't know. It's like side, like tiny, tiny side tangent. Whenever I think of Vince McMahon in somebody's ear, I always remember like randomly turning on TNA whenever Mick Foley showed up in like 2008 or whatever. And after he did commentary, because like he did like a, ooh, I'm out of the Fed kind of promo where he ripped uh, on Vince for being a dick on commentary. Yeah. I don't remember that. When Mick Foley came to TNA, I stopped watching. It was weird. I love Mick Foley, but like, yeah, no, TNA Mick Foley. Nah. I love McFoley too, but he does weird things like that that make me not like him. <laughs> like, not gonna lie. But anyway, let's continue on. Kane finally hits a clothesline to take over, but Alita distraction lets Matt low bridge him to the floor. The slingshot dive sets up for a twist of fate. Ooh. So Kane is being counted out. And I will say, if if the referee would have just started counting because he was like distracted by Matt Hardy for some reason, Matt probably would have won this match and married Lita. But Kane gets in at the very last second. And to be fair, that ref was counting kind of fast, too. I know, but Matt's like, what are you doing? Count. And Count uh, way faster. Let's get Kane out of here. He sucks. I think the ref just uh, wanted to see the world burn, you know? He's <laughs> so, like, I want to count fast. Your ass is going to get up, Kane. Lita. <laughs> Lita throws in the ring bell and distracts the, the referee. So Matt dings Kane on the head. <laughs> like she literally ran around and was like, 
<laughs> Kane kicks Matt Hardy in the face with a boot. He goes up but gets caught by Matt. They're on top of the turnbuckle. It looks like Matt's going to go for a superplex. But Kane goozles him. With a super choke slam. Credit to Kane. That was really cool to win the match yeah. and lead his hand in marriage. And yeah, that's it, man. Lita must marry Kane. Kyle, what do you think about the fallout uh, or the match and uh, what the <laughs> ramifications of this mean? Um, I think the story and everything and the ramifications are absolutely stupid. And it felt like none of it really mattered to this match because the death to his part stipulation was like nothing. It was just a normal match. It was whatever. Um, the, I'll give, I'll, like you said, I'll give credit to Kane for the super choke slam. That actually was pretty cool. But everything else... Eh, it was mostly just Matt Hardy carrying him, and it was whatever. Like, I, I don't know, man. It's like I'm torn. It's like I didn't outright hate this, like some Kane experiences, but I didn't really love it either. It's in a weird place. It's between, it's kind of mid and eh for me. Yeah, it's it was just kind of there, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. and Lita isn't exactly a good actor. No, mm -mm. no. It, uh, the I think the funniest part, the best part of this whole match is as she's walking out, she's standing on the ramp with that oh my god, I have to continue having consensual sex face. <laughs> and there's a sign behind her that says Lita is a Dumas. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> there were two uh, negative Lita signs, and that was one of them, and the other one was Lita's a Jezebel, which I appreciated. Something like that, yeah. And, you know, after after we got the inside scoop of uh, their, their night together, I, I got to agree with that, man. <gasps> Jezebel! I would say this match, thumbs in the middle, probably pointed towards down. His eye, mm -hmm. it was short. Uh, Matt Hardy had a lot of offense, once again, in, in a match between the two, where this is supposed to be a big de demonic monster. Yeah. Uh, but credit where it's due. Super choke slam, chef's kiss. Love you, Kane. Not really. Hate you. But uh, <laughs> I will say, after the match, I laughed because <laughs> Kane, he's like, where's my hug? And he stretches his arms out to Lita, and she runs away like so goofy. <laughs> I think she was like being like, you just go out and act kind of like you're pregnant. So maybe I started being like, oh, I got a belly now, teehee. But it just oh, looked like crap. No well, way. I she would Martin waddle, man. She go, uh, uh. <laughs> so I, that made me laugh. We cut backstage to Randy Orton. Ooh, Randy and Todd talking it up. Randy uh, reminds everybody that tonight they are witnessing history. And as of uh, May 1st, 2022, this is still accurate. They'll be witnessing the youngest world champion in WWE history. So um it's kinda it's kinda cool when you look at it in, in that regard. John Cena appears, and to my knowledge, this is the first time that they've appeared on camera together. Juicy. Oh. And John Cena the and, first the first of many, 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 many times. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. This segment kind of backfires because John Cena's like, do you fans think Randy Orton will walk out of here the youngest world champion. 
And if they all go, ah, yes, yes. Ah. And uh, then he's like, do you think Randy Orton will win or something like that? And they cheer again. And he's like, well, at least you got the fans on your side. And I, <laughs> I think he, he was supposed to be like sarcastic in that line, but it's like, yeah, he's got right. the fans on his side. And Todd yeah, Grisham. He was supposed to be the big bad heel, right? <clears throat> and, you know, oh, nobody wants Randy Orton to win. Yes. And Todd Grisham. Too bad, like, Cena. <laughs> well, I don't think any of the fans uh, like you or something like that. And it's like, uh, no. Why, why couldn't you just pivot, man? But I get it. He's new. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Oddly enough, a best of five series first match between John Cena and Booker T. So John Cena found himself on the bad side of general manager at the time, Kurt Angle. <gasps> Kangle. Kurt Angle's like, if you if you do something nefarious one more time, I'm gonna strip you of that United States championship. <gasps> and so during a match on SmackDown between John Cena and Booker T. John Cena inadvertently strikes Kurt Angle out of his wheelchair uh, before the match can end. John Cena is stripped of the United States Championship. <gasps> no. Kurt Angle attempts to award Booker T with the title, but Vince McMahon comes out later in the show to fire Kurt Angle. Because as it turns out, Kurt Angle has been faking his injuries and what? throwing his weight around. <laughs> so, of course, uh, Kurt Angle, he fires all the divas on SmackDown. He fires uh, Tony Chimmel, the ring announcer. <laughs> strip, you know, strip John Cena of the title. Like, you know, he's being bad. He's being a D-bag. What he's quoting as, for the greater good. He wants SmackDown to be represented by people right. like JBL and Booker T. <sighs> oh, but they're bad guys. And But that's how it is. And so Vince Can like, I ask a question real quick? Yes. It was just kind of weird that they're like, Kurt was faking his injury. I mean, he got thrown off by Big yeah. Show and bust the set I'm open. I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm just as confused. What was it that was thing? <laughs> like, they made it be like, he died. Like, how can you fake just Big Show getting angry at Tori <laughs> Wilson and destroying her car and then trying to kill her and then killing Kurt? I don't know. It's weird. Was that all just an inside job between the three of those people? <gasps> oh, my God, my God. Yeah, I I don't have an answer. I'm just. <laughs> it turns out they should have had Tori and uh, Big Show walk out, and he hands them both money, and they perform the new team angle. Ooh, nice angle. <laughs> but no, I I don't have an answer. <laughs> Vince chases Kurt around the ring with a crutch. He's like, "See, you're not hurt at all." It's like, but what was that? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. So. Kurt is replaced by general manager now, Theodore R. Long, and he will be the general manager for years to come. So, Yay. Theodore Long announces a best of five series between the two guys to crown the new United States champion. So, this is match number one. They slug it out to start with Cena hitting a clothesline. Cena gets a nice looking throwback. He goes for a pin, but it's only good for two. Booker crotches him on the top, 
to hurt his berries. Booker throws in a, you can't see me, and drops a knee. A jumping kick to the face cuts off Cena's early comeback, and he hits a camel clutch. That's broken up, so Booker goes for a big spine buster and a side slam to John Cena. Booker goes for a scissors kick, but misses, and Cena hits a running clothesline out of the corner. He hits a flapjack, that's Booker, and he transitions, getting up into a spinneroonie out of nowhere. I loved that. Yeah, yeah. Felt like he just hit the, you know, the taunt button out of nowhere, like playing the game. <laughs> but Cena hits an FU and pins Booker, winning the match. Once again, thumbs in the middle. This was way too fast. <laughs> like, I, I think these two should have got more time. As a matter of fact, let me, let me look this up. This was... Yeah. 625. 6.25. First match was 8 minutes. First match was 8 minutes. The Matt Hardy match was 6 minutes. And this match was 6 minutes. And next match is 8 minutes. Can we let these things breathe a little bit? Well, they got a half plenty of time left over for the uh, the Diva Dodgeball, man. What do you expect? No, they need Triple H to have a Broadway-style match with Eugene. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta break out all the hits with the Gene. (laughs) What do you... what do you, uh, just for clarification, what do you mean Broadway match? I was exaggerating, but it's it's 14 minutes that match. Gosh, <laughs> but the, you, you can the, like this is a term. This is a jargon terminology thing. Um, you know what a Broadway is, right? It's like an hour long match. Bro- no, Broadway is when you go to a draw. Oh, is it? I thought it was a, an hour long match. No, an, an hour Broadway is an hour long draw. Ooh. So you go. You fight for an hour, and then just you don't have. It's a time limit thing. Oh well. Yeah, Levi. God, you suck. Okay, so it's Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega, and and Daniel Bryan. That was a Broadway because it tied. Yes. Yeah. Because they they ran out of time. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so I feel like my my joke can kind of still stand a little bit. I was I wasn't trying to be I wasn't trying to be ugly. I was just saying for for the sake of uh, you know because that's that's one of those terms that gets lost. Uh, what a mark! Wait, peel that mask. Yep. Mark Madden. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, my 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 joke, my emphasis was put on like, oh, we can't put can't give Booker a little more quality of a match because uh, Triple H's got to fight Eugene. Right. And we got to Eugene. Yeah. Anyway. I, I just wish they'd let this match go on a little longer. I think uh, I think it deserved it. But hey, we got four other matches in the series, pal. So, um, did, did we give thoughts? I, I went first. No, okay. So Yeah, um, meh. So yeah, thumbs, <laughs> thumbs middle, I will say. I'm not going to say pointed down, um, but... Yeah, uh, Jake, what'd you really, uh, Oh. <laughs> it, it, was, it was there. I mean, the match happened. It... Like, it's weird to have the first of five at a pay-per-view and then not have it be interesting. That was a choice. So yeah, I guess I guess we put John Cena over on a big on a big stage. He's one zero against the champion, but eh. Thumbs middle. Yeah, same. Thumbs middle. Uh it's just it was there. It was certainly matched. Not really the best of both of them. It's just like, 
I guess they're like, it's the first one. Don't do all the cool stuff yet. We still got four more of these, so it was whatever. Thumbs middle. What else can you say? Hey, baby. We're going to be back here in a minute. But first, we got to pay some bills. Jerry can't commit. I won't play the role of nagging girlfriend anymore. Nagging wife make you happier? Oh, dear God. Dan's a little timid. I'm afraid of cellophane. Like saran wrap? Afraid that somehow it'll get draped over my head and... That's very pathetic. It's very sticky. And Tom's not afraid of anything. Is this Billy's funeral? Is that the corpse of Billy Newwood? Tom! Where'd you guys park? But for three childhood friends... Let's take the trip. I have responsibilities. The answers to their problems... I hate you guys. ...are out there. Hey, look, a deer. From Paramount Pictures. Just passing through? We're just taking a trip. You make a couple mistakes up there, you gone. Tom, you're a Boy Scout? No, but I had a brownie once. <laughs> Friendship is a journey. I'm in over my head! Don't tell me that! That's it, this is over! I agree. Let's just swim up that waterfall, back over 20 miles of river, and wait for a rescue boat. Hey, up here! And life is a trip. All right, we'll climb the tree, and maybe we'll see a way out of here. Tom, do you see anything? <sighs> Oh, that's it. Cleaner. Let us nurture you. I've been told I give a very good uh, calf massage. If you want to roll down those stockings. Stockings. I'm all natural. Supernatural. <laughs> After everything we've been through, I finally run out of things to be afraid of. What doesn't kill you? Stay calm. It won't bother you if you're in the fetal position. Abort the fetal position! Makes you stronger. Whatever it is you fellas are looking for, you gotta go out and get it. And you gotta go right now. Not right now, you idiots. Seth Green, Matthew Lillard, Dax Shepard, and Burt Reynolds. I learned a little something some the last couple days. I have two of the best friends anyone could ever ask for. Stop dropping roll! <laughs> Without a paddle. Our only chance is to huddle together for once. I, for one, choose death. My mind's telling me no. <sighs> but my body's telling me <gasps> This never leaves the cave. Treasure hunting Pikmin 2 with two player mode, may the best scavenger win. Only for Nintendo GameCube, great for everyone. What happens when you mix a little Latino heat with the power of YJ Stinger, the extreme energy drink? YJ Stinger, the extreme energy drink. Brought to you by the manufacturers of Stacker 2, the world's strongest fat burner. Catch the buzz. Feel the sting.
Welcome backstage to Theodore R. Long, the new general manager of SmackDown. Uh-huh. Player. I'm a little bit disappointed, man. We didn't get to talk about him and the reflection of perfection, Mark Gentrack. Like you guys don't, probably don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they paired Teddy Long up with uh, with Mark Gentrack and they uh, build him as the reflection of perfection. And so uh, Mark Gentrack would come out and Teddy Long would be like, wow, look at this man. What a specimen. Look at him. He's so perfect. Oh, my gosh. And I guess it lasted just a handful of weeks. And now Theodore Long is a face, and he is doing right by the people of SmackDown. There you go. So Eric Bischoff enters in, and Teddy Long... Well, excuse me. He wants to be referred to as Theodore R. Long. So I'm going to try my best to remember that. But Theodore R. Long, he calls him uh, the head cracker in charge of Raw. Theodore R. Yeah, he calls it. He calls him the head cracker in charge of Raw, which made me laugh. That that made me lull a little bit. And Bischoff's like, "What are you, the fourth general manager? What makes you think that uh, it's gonna it's gonna work out?" You know, I predict by Survivor Series that I'll be talking to someone new. Ooh. And Teddy Long said, or Theodore Long says, he he's ready to bring over Eugene if Eugene wants to. Uh, make the jump or, or anybody for that matter from raw and oh. he's here to stay man he's ready to compete yeah. with raw i want you gene i want to make him the champion so what do you guys think about theodore arlong here as the as the general manager of smackdown i like it i when i think of smackdown gms i think of teddy long for sure he's he's definitely iconic i i mean i i like i like him mm-hmm. uh, i think he's he's really talented on the microphone from the days of wcw man he's old school Mm-hmm. I forget and, that he uh, was like, even there, to be honest with you. I know, that's, that's, how, weird. that's how old school he is. He goes all the way back to when that was a thing. And he was it's a referee just, yeah, coming into WWE. I know, I know. Just seeing like his trajectory, <laughs> it's just fun. Because I remember, I didn't even know he was a referee. I just put on an old match, and I was like, what the hell is Teddy Long doing in there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Teddy, he, cool dude, cool dude. He just he has like a genuine quality about him. It doesn't feel like too heavily, like super fakey kind of like you know sometimes uh what's her face uh stephanie mcmahon would be sometimes yes he's not super produced yeah yeah exactly i dig him i like me some teddy long how can i trust your word you're a cracker WWE Intercontinental Title Triple Threat Match as Edge takes on Chris Jericho as well as Bautista. Hey, very, very nice, very subtle little nod to the Macho Man there. I appreciated that. <laughs> it sounded like Chris Farley. <laughs> Intercontinental Champion. Oh yeah. <laughs> I like nipples. Oh come on, jeez. <laughs> Speaking of Stephanie McMahon. Oh, uh, <laughs> where to, Stephanie? You didn't say that. Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
I got two words for you. Suck it. No, Macho. <laughs> no. <laughs> macho, no. <laughs> I am the architect of the shield. What? No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> macho freaking man. <laughs> <laughs> you freaking savage! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do. I'm trying to do the freaking Seth Rollins laugh. I am the one in twenty one and one. No, you're not. That's Brock Lesnar. Come on. <laughs> Reigning, defending, undisputed beast incarnate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I'm trying to remember old. Wrestling slogans. It's hard times. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan, I want you to stop being ugly. <laughs> That's my favorite wrestling catchphrase that never happened. <laughs> stop being ugly. Shut up. <laughs> stop being ugly. That and Big Show using well. <laughs> yeah, <I should've>. Well, <laughs> it's the big show. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. hey, I'm, I'm, I'm antagonizing you, big show. What do you got to say? <sighs> He's just like pumping, well. pumping up the crowd in the background. Well, <sighs> and they go well with him. So I, funny. Yeah. I had no idea, but apparently, Big Show hates his theme. He just, he just always hated that song, which is funny. I saw, I saw a clip of that. I think it grew on him, but at first, he hated it. Because he wanted it to be like <laughs> muddy waters or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wanted more bluesy, but instead he got whirp. But it is blue. That's blues music. I feel like I'm watching Roseanne in a cigarette smell. <laughs> Here comes John Goodman. <laughs> I mean, right, though? That should have been the Big Show show, just Roseanne. Big but show with Big just Show, it's John Goodman. Meat. Or like <laughs> Viennese sausages or whatever. Anyway, let's get into the match. Yeah. Um, there's not a whole lot of story here, but they pivoted into like Edge and Chris Jericho. They're like respected allies, but they've had miscommunication, so they think they're out to get one another. Uh, to my knowledge, they're not like Chris Jericho has not turned heel. You know, they're they're both faces, whereas Batista is like this kind of dark horse, like he's. Trying to get one over on people on Raw to like gain advantage. He's attacked Chris Benoit. He's uh, attacked these guys, so they made a triple threat. Uh, so not a whole lot of story, but like that, it's more focused on Edge and Chris Jericho. Now keep that in mind as we talk about the match, where to my knowledge they're both faces. This this is a pretty infamous match because of the crowd. Edge, you know, he came back from from neck injury, surgery, whatever, and he was, if I remember correctly, he was looking forward to being back in front of his hometown in Toronto. He was expecting a hero's welcome. That did not happen. Because a uh, bizarro world, right? Bizarro. Uh, this, this freaking crowd, man. But the the only thing I hate is that, like, on the network, they have dubbed over Rob Zombie, so you can't really hear the crowd on the entrance. Which I feel like is important information, but nevertheless, Batista knocks Edge off the apron as he's making his entrance, and so we got Batista locking it up with Batista or Batista locking it up with Chris Jericho to start. We get a hard elbow to knock down Jericho, and a shoulder does it again. 
Edge comes back in with a chop block to break up the Batista bomb. Snake Eyes gets Batista out of trouble with Jericho, but Jericho grabs his boot to slow him down a bit. What's that all about? Ooh. <laughs> a clothesline puts Batista outside and leaves Edge alone in the ring, and he is booed out of the building. And I gotta say, I've been talking about this for a long time now. Uh, I'm like, when it gets to SummerSlam, just you wait. I have just despised Edge, man. And I, I can't say it enough. So the hill turn is coming very soon. And this is kind of what, what, uh, where, where it began, so to speak. But, man, they, he got booed out of the building. This is kind of the first instance where we really saw this crowd in action being, like, contrary. What did you guys make of this? It's really hard to say because there are two Canadians in the ring, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like they pick their favorite one. You know, like, I feel like they're there not really to be entertained, but to be entertaining. And at this point, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's weird. It, there there doesn't seem to be any real reason for it. Mm, uh, I, I don't know, it's weird. I guess maybe because, like, the story leading into it didn't really, like, make me go, oh, I can't wait to see who comes out on top. Like, I guess the crowd didn't bother me as much. It was only just kind of when... You know, it would get referenced in commentary or something I'd notice. But all I could figure is, yeah, like, there's just a couple Canadians. They chose the one they liked the most because his daddy, his daddy played a hockey, I guess. <laughs> based on based on the context of, of the night going forward, I think they were just antagonizing Edge in the same way that, like, I, I felt about him. And th it's not my, it's not exclusively my, my modern day feelings. Uh, it's fueled by how I felt about Edge at the time. Like, I could not have cared less about Edge. And I think mm -hmm. I, I think it's a genuine reaction. I think it says a lot about uh, a wrestler when he is in front of his hometown crowd and getting booed. Not too long after this, they turn Edge heel too, right? Correct. It, it's a matter of like a month or two. So yeah, I mean, it, it just is what it is in this situation, at least. It's Maybe around the time we review Taboo Tuesday. Ooh, that Tuesday is going to be Taboo. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> I'm kind of excited to review that one. I bet Levi. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, doubt of the night right there, baby. Ooh. So, moving forward. Batista gets sent face first into the steps, and we're down to Jericho versus Edge in the ring. Edge gets the better of the fight, but gets loudly booed when he hits the execution. We get a Walls of Jericho attempt, and the crowd is definitely behind Jericho. Edge reverses into a small package. We get back up, and Jericho pokes him in the eye, setting up for the Walls of Jericho. The hold is pulled back into the middle until Batista finally makes a save with a clothesline. Edge takes Batista down with execution, and he gets two on the count. Jericho is banged up on the floor in the meantime. Edge goes for a spear on Batista, but gets intercepted by Jericho. A spinebuster gives Batista two, which JR called double A spinebuster, and I'm like, no, no, sir. That was not a double A no, spinebuster. That, that, that was not double A. That was a Batista-style spinebuster, which is a beautiful spinebuster. It's a very nice spinebuster. I especially not... love it when he hits it on a really big person. It just looks so cool. Mm-hmm. Meat slapping against meat, like Big E would say. <clears throat> we should probably give our thoughts uh, and considerations out there for Big E, who broke his neck. I think last time we recorded, that had not happened yet. But uh, shout out, Big E. You will soon. Yeah. That sucks. You'll never hear this, but... 
No, just kidding. You know, hey, anyone listening, if you know Big E, tell them three chuckleheads. Send their regards. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, a spine buster gives Batista two, uh, which is not a double A, but uh, it's a triple A spine buster. Um, triple R. Triple H spine buster. But this time, Edge sends Batista outside. That gives us another clash of the Canadians in the ring with a loud Y2J chant. And King is like, I think they're chanting YJ Stinger, JR. <laughs> Everybody just cracks their cans open at once. Batista gets drop kicked off the apron, but the distraction lets Edge spear Jericho for the pin and the win. Jake, what'd you think about the match? Uh, so, maybe maybe I'm just moody. But I did not really like the first half of this pay-per-view. No, I, I didn't either. Uh, so, like... This, the problem I have with WWE style triple threat matches is that at the beginning of the match, someone gets punched in the face and they fall out of the ring and they lay there for like five minutes. And so we have two guys in the ring while one guy's just laying on the floor, apparently dead from a punch. And then that guy gets back in the ring and throws somebody else out. And then those two guys fight for a while. Then they get a pin. And then the guy who was out dives in and stops a pin it's it's always the same formula and it's they always they always bill it as oh it's it's easy for the champion to lose you know the champion doesn't even have to be pinned to lose but like more often than not champion wins because they pin the person the the wwe uses a triple threat match when they don't want to bury somebody they want they want somebody to lose but they don't want to have them lose to the wrong person. I I don't like it. Um, and this match, I thought, was motion for the sake of it. Not a big fan. I, thumbs in the middle for me. Yeah. Uh, I I think this is the first match that I, I thought was actually kind of good of the night. I wasn't absolutely in love with it, but I think for what it was, it did really well. Like, I think Batista looked good. Like, he started to become kind of slowly. He hasn't... Uh, he hasn't started walking alone yet, but, you know, he's getting there. <laughs> and, um, I mean, Edge and Chris Jericho, they always give good stuff. Uh, yeah, the, the crowd uh, being weird, certainly, like, it didn't detract too much from me. And as far as, like, the WWE-style triple threat, I don't hate them quite as much, uh, but I totally get the criticism. It's completely valid. But I felt like this one, they did a decent job of cycling guys in and out. Like, I didn't really feel like anybody was down for too, too long. And, you know, I had a good enough time. So I will give it a, a pretty, a, 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 little, a, little, a little tiny little thumbs up. Just say, there you go. Uh, I, I can't give this match anything other than a thumbs middle. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was, it was okay. I'm more <laughs> excited for the, the fallout to come with Edge as he becomes rated R. <laughs> I, th I think from will start having weird sex with someone else. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, nah, man. Um, it was okay, and you know, Edge, Edge uh, has noted that he's taken, he took it personally that night, and he's like, okay, if you want to boo me, I'm gonna give you something to boo. So, credit to him, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what comes. Pick, but let that bitch step off. 
bolo shepeta shala bwa chape mene de pecho mo bolata chete pope bolata chese de pede pezo pe Next match is a grudge match. That's Kurt Angle, accompanied by Luther Reigns. Goes to take on Eddie Guerrero. goes back to WrestleMania and, and, and before um, let's let's not forget the time where uh, Kurt Angle trapped Eddie into uh, tying his hands behind his back and mauling him pretty much they they had a heated feud going into WrestleMania and so we're sort of rekindling this now that uh, Kurt is has been faking his injuries apparently <laughs> it was a cage match on Smackdown it was a rematch from Great American Bash between JBL and Eddie for the WWE title when a masked man posing as El Gran Luchador, the champion of Mexico, <gasps> came in and while the week prior was helping Eddie, this week he was hurting Eddie. He throws him off the, the cage and allows JBL to retain the title and Eddie goes after him after the match, was able to grab his mask and oh my gosh, it's Kurt Angle. But he was he was in a wheelchair. He had a cast over his pant leg. What? What? How is that possible? I know. Everybody was confused. And uh, Kurt initially explained it as uh, 
You know, he was so uh, embridled with passion to uh, do the right thing that he was able to overcome his injuries for a moment. We found that he was faking his injury the whole time. Don't ask me how. Oh. I said, don't! (laughs) But, uh, Kurt says things like, you don't know what it's like to lose everything. And Eddie's like, like you cost me the WWE title. And so (gasps) Kurt claims that Eddie cannot beat him without cheating. And Eddie's like, yeah, maybe I can't, but what if I can? I tried to remember that going into the match because I felt like that was important to remember. But, uh, of course, we'll get into all of it. But Eddie himself says, yeah, he'll do anything it takes to, to win. So does he do whatever it takes? Let's find out. So I will say, it does... It does have a big fight feel to it. I, I think the commentators got a little bit sidetracked by Eddie doing the lowrider bit in his entrance, but it definitely had a serious feel to it. It's like Eddie's coming out and they're like, wow, he is he is serious. He's a serious he, man. And then he's, he's going to murder him. And Taz is like making a note of that. And when Eddie starts doing the lowrider like up and down thing, Michael Cole goes, whoa! <laughs> like, where, where do you get a lowrider in uh, Canada? Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I will say on the lowrider, it had a uh, decal for lowlifecustoms.com, which I have to sadly report no longer exists. Oh. Oh. What if they rebranded? To like, High uh... Life Customs, and they're living large. West Coast Customs! Like, uh, ECW on Sci Fi rebranded to NXT. (laughs) Maybe they just got a whole different name. I don't know. (gasps) Someone start up the Angel Fire, darn it! (laughs) Basically, we start out with Kurt going for the the ankle on Eddie, and that becomes the story of the match. Uh, Kurt, he settles for a headlock because he can't quite get that ankle lock in. And ankle or <laughs> or angle reverses into a quick key lock. Eddie arm drags him straight into an arm bar, but it's time to start the rolling German suplexes. That doesn't work as Eddie reverses the second one into an ankle lock. Angle reverses into the real thing, but Eddie puts his own on at the same time. And I, I like that spot. I've never seen anything quite like that. Where someone tried to reverse an ankle lock with an ankle lock, so yeah, I know that was pretty unique to me too. It wasn't the whole match was full of fun spots. Mm-hmm. It wasn't super fleshed out, but I appreciated their attempt at, at that ankle yeah. lock spot. I, I mean, I just appreciate uh, like I love Kurt Angley kind of Eddie Benoit opens where it's all just like mat wrestling stuff. It always just feels so cool. You know, as we go on through this podcast, I'm becoming hard-pressed to, to think of a better wrestler all time than Kurt Angle. Strictly from an entering standpoint. One. One. I mean, I know pe- John a lot Cena, people... John <laughs> I know a lot of people will say Bret Hart. A lot of people will say Shawn Michaels. A lot of people will say Eugene. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but man, every time I see Kurt Angle, he is... Oh my gosh, man. He's so good. You could say he's a wrestling machine. It's the Patriot! By God, it's the Patriot! (laughs) Rest in peace to the Patriot. A rope break finally saves Eddie, so Luther, don't call me Roman Reigns. (laughs) I ruined my own joke. (laughs) Gets gets in a cheap shot. 
That means another ankle lock before Angle finally switches gears to an STF. With Eddie down, Angle starts untying Eddie's boot, but the delay gets Eddie in a quick kick to the face. It's right back to Eddie's ankle until Eddie gets in an angle slam of his own. <gasps> so he, he had two finishers stored up and hit R2 and, and R1 at the same time. My God, my God, it's or, devastating. Where is it L1 and L2? I don't remember, folks. I don't know. You hit the, the combination from Day of Reckoning. That one. Oh, makes me want to play Day of Reckoning. Eddie makes a comeback with right hands, but the ankle just isn't holding up, folks. I didn't even call this match. It's fine enough for the three amigos, so Eddie goes up for the frog splash, only to get caught with the top run-up top belly-to-belly superplex. And the crowd just lose it for that. Angle's angle slam is countered into a DDT, and another frog splash attempt misses. Angle Slam gets two, so Angle rips the boot off because he's like, I ain't getting tricked by this again like at WrestleMania 20. He said that. It's an exact quote. <laughs> so he goes for the ankle lock again, and I, I actually liked the visual on this because you can really see him twist that ankle with the, mm-hmm. you know, with the boot being off. So I was like, ugh. ugh. Okay, he's working it, folks. Unprotected ankle. The row-through sends Angle into the referee, so Eddie hits angle and reigns with his boot of course eddie throws the boot away as the referee is getting up to uh to trick him that they're both just down and no one's been hit with the boot such a great i love eddie so much and i love that eddie Mm -hmm. just like gets up and the referee's like what the heck man (laughs) (laughs) that was funny i don't know what happened i love that here's here's my question about about the logic of this thing if you can kick somebody with your boot, why would it be illegal to hit them with your boot? It's a good point. I don't know. I guess it's fair enough. I mean, how many times have we seen wrestlers, I mean, most, freak, most recently Cody Rhodes, take off their belt in the middle of a match and just openly whip their opponent, and the referee's like, well, he had it as part of his outfit. What, Whatever. I've never understood but, and, and, but, you know, you pull the tape off and you use that to choke your opponent. That's against the rules. Wrestling's back! <laughs> Why did... How did Kurt Angle fake his injury? I don't know. Why did uh, the boot not count as outfit? I don't know. Wrestling's fake. That's the answer. <laughs> So Eddie, he uh, hits a frog splash, but Kurt kicks out, and Eddie yells at the ref on the kickout. Kurt once again puts on the ankle lock. Eddie tries to roll out by kicking him in the face, but Kurt hangs on. Kurt uh, plants his knee in Eddie's calf, so he can't go anywhere. I love that spot. Uh, but he transitions into great binding the leg, so he really can't go anywhere. Eddie has no choice but to tap out. Oh man, uh, I like this match. Uh, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. Uh, it could have, could it have been better? Yes, but I think it was still good. And it's the first uh, first example of top tier wrestling on this show, where I think it desperately 
deserved it but needed it at the same time. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. think the match was too good for these people. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> really, really fun match to watch. Um, it, the whole thing the entire time looked like it was a struggle and a contest. So, like, I, I never really mind when things don't look super smooth in the ring, especially if it looks like guys are fighting, you know? Like, that. this was uh, a battle all the way through, and both of these guys were great. Um, I, I love... This is probably my match of the night. Um, I enjoyed it the most. Um, even even considering what we have at the end, the, like, this is the match I had the most fun watching. Like I, And so, yeah, th- big thumbs up for me. Yeah, same. Definitely big thumbs up. Um, kind of echoing what he said, like there was roughness, but like the good kind of roughness where it just feels really raw. Like these guys are really trying to work each other over, getting like the better. But it's like you got to think on your toes. Not everything's going to work. Got to be slippery like a snake, um, especially like the working over of Eddie's ankle and such. That was really fun. Um, I It's like in the end, I was like, darned it. I wanted Eddie to prove himself. And he just he just didn't. He tapped. But. I, I don't care. <laughs> Start to finish. This That's is a lot of fun. Does for you. Like yep. you, you wanted it. You wanted it, and you you wanted it so badly that you were oh, surprised that you didn't get it. Wanted, wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's that, that's um, what I was talking about, though. Like Eddie's, like, "What if I can?" And I thought they would pivot that into like how the match went and where he had chances mm-hmm. to cheat. He wouldn't, but he did. And that that as a viewer relates to me that Kurt Angle is the tip top tier in the WWE, and for real. him and Eddie aren't in the same league. And and I don't think that's true. But like that's what they conveyed to me as a viewer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, definitely. Probably my my match of the night too. I, I guess I'll give it mine as well. You know, I, <gasps> I'm hard pressed to think of a better one. match between Triple H and Eugene. Eugene! Who's your boy standing in the middle of the ring? The Rock. And who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Triple H! Eugene, I came out here to tell you something. I am your friend. So, because of that, I want to make you an honorary Member of evolution. You're gonna bring Eugene into evolution? My God, it'll kill our gimmick, brother. Eugene's gonna help us win back the World Heavyweight Championship. That plan starts tonight. And when that's done, Eugene will have outlived his usefulness. Tug of war here in the steel chair. Oh, God! Eugene runs here out of Benoit's hands and right in the face of the game. Does Eugene have any idea what he's done? Eugene has cost Triple H the World Heavyweight Championship. Triple H, I I, I messed up last night. I made a mistake. I'm, I'm sorry. Hey, I'm not mad at you. Trust me. Oh, Triple H with a straight right hand on Eugene. 
was this right? Four men against one of Eugene can defend himself. Eugene has been battered, fried, and brutalized by evolution, left in a bloody heap. And damn it to hell, it's not right. Eugene, I was never your friend. You know why? Because you're an embarrassment. I tried to tell you, get out of the business. You don't belong. And you didn't listen. That's why you came back. It's Eugene! What are Eugene doing here? I thought we were never going to see Eugene again. That's why you cost me my World Heavyweight Championship, Eugene. Did you think that I wasn't going to answer that? Huh? I sent you a message loud and clear through William Regal with a sledgehammer. Eugene is seeing his mentor, William Regal, get completely destroyed by the enraged Triple H. Triple H, you need to be rewarded for what you did. That's why at SummerSlam, I'm going to make it Triple H versus Eugene. You need to hear me. Are you listening, Eugene? Are you listening to me now? At SummerSlam, I'm gonna make the decision for you. I'll put you out of this business myself for good. Triple H, you hurt my friend. You hurt William Regal. Wait, there's Eugene. Eugene taking down the game. Eugene is roaring here. The game was no part of Eugene! Will Triple H get what's coming to him at SummerSlam? This feud, I'm just like, I, I can't keep up, man. This, this character, Eugene, has started out uh, innocently, uh, I guess, as innocent as, as you could get. Uh, done in good taste at first, I think. As good of taste as it could be. But, like, we really went from Eugene feuding with Law Resistance. Oh, dang, I'm, we almost went a whole episode without Law Resistance reference. <laughs> anyway, from that... Hey, want to be my friend? <laughs> from that to Triple H. In main event. How, I'm just... How how does this happen? Either way, I mean, not taking anything away from from Nick Eugene Densmore, like he's obviously a good performer, but ah man, I just feel like this whole thing because Triple H after Vengeance, him and Evolution destroy Eugene in the ring for <laughs> costing him the title. I'm talking about busted open. Eugene's gone for a week or two. Come on now. And I guess it's supposed to show the depravity of Triple H. He, there's no low he won't stoop to. Yeah, and the hype video leading up, they showed clips from it. It was it was really weird. Just them just assaulting Eugene, just like bloodied and beaten and battered. And he's supposed to be like this, you know, uh, I don't know, this mentally... Uh, it's supposed to be a mentally deficient man. Uh, you know, a simple guy. The rated R just tearing them apart and then like is this supposed to get heat it just feels weird it is i mean there really isn't another way to say it. it's it's weird this has jumped it's the just shark. weird 
Yes. I don't I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but for me, I'm just like, we've gone too far. Mm-hmm. I've definitely had enough. <laughs> it's so odd, too, because, like, he was popular. He was over, as we could, you know, as the last pay-per-view showed. The, but, the most popular. Mm-hmm. Let's make no mistake. He was the most popular on Backlash, Vengeance. He it's was just, it. I guess it's one of the one of those weird instances of WWE noticing they have something and then immediately running into the ground. So and not taking anything away from Eugene because on Raw he you know leading up to SummerSlam he's been cheered and this has been quote unquote bizarro world. So not taking anything away from him. But yeah, so that's just where I'm at with it. Um, destroyed by Evolution, William Regal comes out and cuts the promo of his life. Eugene. Eugene, get out here now! Dear, 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 dear. Someone has lost their temper, haven't they? I hate to be the one to inform you, lad, but Eugene isn't here this week. You honestly don't think that I would lead that lamb to slaughter? No, no, no. What kind of a man do you think would let Eugene into the building last week? Rather a perplexing question, isn't it? What kind of a diabolical villain do you think would tell Eugene to get involved in your match? It was me, Sunshine! You see, me and you know each other very well indeed, don't we? Let me give you people a little history lesson. 11 years ago, me and you were a tag team in WCW. In fact, I was your mentor, wasn't I? Yes, indeed, I was. What can I say? I mean, let's face facts. Some people, people like us, we're just born naughty. We are. That's why we gravitated towards each other. And if you would have used and abused anyone else except for that poor dear boy Eugene, I would have applauded your cunning. But for a clever man like yourself, it was very foolish to take advantage of a disadvantaged boy. Because now you've made an enemy out of me. And if you want to fight, look no bloody further. Because I will quite gladly now Go and change into my ring attire, and I will join you back in that ring, and I will battle you with every ounce of violent venom that runs through my veins! And saying, uh, he's made, Triple H has made an enemy out of William Regal. The feud between them is actually interesting. William Regal points back that they have history in WCW. It's just cool to see. William Regal was actually capable of being a guy and being like a top guy because he can cut a promo. He can wrestle his butt off. Mm -hmm. So it it was interesting to see just a glimpse of that because obviously William Regal never pans out to a main eventer by any means, but it was cool to see that. But you, you love you some William. Of course, some, some Bill, Stephen Regal. <laughs> uh, so, of course, William pays for this, for going to bat for, for Eugene. Uh, 
Triple H destroys him, hits him with a sledgehammer, and instead of like putting his hand over it, you know, just whacks him in the back. We see that in the package. Uh, William Regal gets stretchered out, uh, and Triple H dumps it over. So he destroys Eugene's best friend, uh, mentor, confidant, uh, caretaker, whatever you want to say. So Eugene seeks vengeance upon Triple H and Evolution, but Eugene is, uh, he's trapped, uh, or tricked, rather, uh, because him, him and William Regal are at a hotel, and William's like, hey, let's not leave, let's stay here and wait for the pay-per-view, and Eugene's like, I'm going to show, and so... Uh, so he does, and Triple H is like, Haha, I'm in the hotel room, you'll never believe it. And of course, he's beaten up William Regal in the hotel room, bloody, destroyed everything once again. So, this is, you know, to get heat on Triple H, we have destroyed a mentally deficient, is that how you described it, Cal? Mentally deficient man? Uh, yeah. And, um, and uh, his, his caretaker, for lack of a better title. Uh, that's how we got here. Like you said, it's really just over the top at this point. You know, it, it, like how what what do you what are you trying to prove? The reason they gave is that uh, Triple H is trying to help out Eric Bischoff get rid of his nephew, and I feel like there are much much tamer ways to to accomplish this goal. Yeah, and this is this is one of those weird like I guess kind of. I guess plot holy thing sometimes with WWE is that like, aren't you in charge? Can you just fire him? <laughs> you don't really want him around. He <laughs> right. wrongfully terminated me, Uncle Eric. It's like, oh man, my employees keep uh, stealing all the supplies and burning down my office. Hey, oh, I wish I could get rid of them. Independent contractors. <laughs> That's right. That's right, Kyle. Gosh. So anyway, let's let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it. So Triple H, he wins an early slug out, but Eugene elbows him in the face, so it's time to head outside. Triple H grabs Lillian Garcia and uses her as a shield and pushes her down. And this uh, makes Eugene go and tend to her, and Triple H kicks him in the head. It's time to load up on the announcer's table, but Eugene blocks a suplex to the floor. Some right hands in the corner, set up a flare chop, and Triple H has a bad knee. Believe it or not, it's a way for Triple H to sucker Eugene in again and outsmart him for a cheap shot. I He's cerebral. What a dastardly villain. <laughs> a backbreaker keeps Eugene in trouble as JR freaks out about the injury. He's gotta be dead! The fans think Eugene sucks, so they boo him. Triple H offers a handshake, but Eugene reels him in for the rock bottom. Ooh. The people's elbow is countered with a spine buster, and Triple H is cheered for this. <laughs> Triple H chokes away, and it's back to the floor for a whip into the steps. We're back in, and Triple H slowly beats on him, Setting up a sleeper, because this match needs just that, a sleeper hold. <laughs> Eugene escapes and hits a... Spooking go! Oh. First and only one of the night. To my knowledge. Dang. Wow. This is an all-time low, man. 2004 is being stinky. Eugene 
throws up a middle finger and hits a stone cold stunner. That popped the crowd. <laughs> it did. And somebody threw him some beer and he just was like, yummy. <laughs> Tastes like pee pee. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough to send Triple H outside. And here comes Ric Flair. We get a big boot and a leg drop with ear cupping from Eugene to Triple H. And Ric Flair gets up on the apron and Eugene punches him down. Eugene goes up top and he dives into a pedigree attempt but spins out. <gasps> and he hits the pedigree on Triple H. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, Eugene, there were parts where he was really kicking Triple H's butt. So Flair puts his foot on the rope. It's just two on the on the pin, and he earns an ejection. So Flair's making his way up the ro- uh, the ramp, and he's arguing. And in the back, out of the darkness, emerges William Regal. And I gotta yeah. say, man, when he put on so, those brass knucks, all uh, methodic and slow, and like seriously, it was really cool. I liked that visual. Mm-hmm. And he knocks out Ric Flair. Unfortunately, Eugene's like, ah, "Good job, William." And um, William's like, turn around, dear boy, turn around. And he, turn hits around, <laughs> he gets hit with a pedigree. And Triple H picks up the win. I'll go first here. I'm going to say thumbs in the middle. Like I said, I give, I got to give props to Nick Eugene Dinsmore. He is a great wrestler. Uh, and so the match between the two was actually pretty good. It's the story that's just become weird for me at this point. But uh, props where it's due. Thumbs middle pointed towards up. But it let's not pretend that this was some sort of Matt classic or something. <laughs> um, there was one spot I, I failed to mention. Uh, Eugene goes up for a 10-punch spot. And when he gets to 8, he forgets how many more he has left and counts on his fingers. And he hits him <laughs> two more times. I, I really liked that spot. That made me lol. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think kind of middle, slightly towards up. Um, Eugene, like, uh, I guess it's the, the longest Eugene match I've seen him in. And he really wasn't bad. Even, you know, doing the whole, like, playing the hits, you know, the guy that didn't listen to Don't Try me, to Try This at Home kind of thing. You know, it was fun. But, yeah, this, the story wrapped around it was just odd, weird, and stupid. And then just the crowd not really... Being on Eugene's side added an extra just layer of like, what? What is all this? What the hell are we doing here? So yeah, thumbs middle towards up. I think I think the match was really saved by William Regal coming out with the brass knucks. Um, I think without that, um, it it wouldn't have been what it was. I think you, we we got a little bit of retribution, um, but you know Triple H is going to be Triple H. Um, I thought it was really funny after the match. Uh, when Trips was dragging Ric Flair out by the foot, and Ric Flair was completely dead weight with his arms side. was so funny. I just wanted him to drag him all the way to the back like that. That was so good. He's like, I'm used to this, because, you know, he drinks a lot of tea. Yeah, Ric Flair is so funny. Thumbs in the middle.
It's the Diva Dodgeball segment as the Diva Search contestants take on the Raw Divas. Oh man, what a weird segment, man. It was weird. <laughs> I didn't even know this was a thing. Nobody talks about this, and for good reason. No, there, wa- there, there wasn't. It was heavily advertised on Raw leading up to this. I remember this back in the day. And after it, I never heard a word about it. And I'm like, <laughs> what happened? Someone loosely, maybe JR or whatever, is like, oh, the Diva contestants won the dodgeball match. And I was like, oh, okay. What happened, though? Yeah. I, I was like, how did that man. happen? Because in my mind, <laughs> I've been conditioned to believe that WWE superstars are superior in every way. So no matter what, they'll destroy anyone in physical combat. But uh, yeah, so I was like, huh, how did they do that? How did they beat the uh, the WWE Divas? And of course, especially the when... The WWE Divas suck at dodgeball. <laughs> no kidding. But especially when you get into the uh, 09 sort of era with the celebrity GM, you learn that... WWE superstars do have a weakness, and it's to uh, celebrities especially. So they're not the superheroes we think they are. So, Diva Dodgeball. This came to be because uh, uh, the Raw Divas were like, hey, who do these contestants think they are? We're going to challenge them to Dodgeball. And uh, over the course of weeks, we've seen women eliminated from the competition and... uh, uh, we see future divas such as Maria Kanellis, Michelle McCool, and Christy Hemme, who goes on to win. And um, I don't know who the other gals were, but um, yeah, uh, they they partake in contests. Uh, some of them, there was there was one who was like a Playboy playmate. A surprise, surprise. And uh, there was one who was in the movie Dodgeball. So go figure. And, uh, oh, this yeah. all sounds like riveting television. I know, man. I know. <laughs> uh, they've like eaten ice cream in uh, promiscuous ways. Nice. Oh, my God. <laughs> JR, I, I don't want to hang out with you anymore. <laughs> JR, you're starting to make me uncomfortable. That's weird. <laughs> I'm just so horny. <laughs> oh, man. You know, ever since Jan died. You know, <coughs> oh gosh, it's only a matter of time before we have another aggression awards. And uh, if we had an award for horniest, I think Jr. would just sweep every year. Oh, for sure. Most people think it's King, but man, it's Jr. It really is. Yeah. So, Diva Dodgeball. Here we go. They uh, are on the Toronto Raptors practice facility court. And, couldn't uh, even get the real court. <laughs> no, they had to use a practice facility. They wouldn't even let them use. Oh, well, I guess they can't because they're in the actual Air Canada Center. Wrestling's fake. They could have done something. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there. I don't really know how to break this down, but like the the contestants. I, I don't blame you. So, I mean, they the the Raw Divas come out, and I think they're doing like a. Like a high school sort of like dodgeball or volleyball team would, and have like little chants and cheers, which I think is only funny to them. Which is like, <laughs> I think they only that was them. weird. I'm like, yeah, y'all are supposed to be it's hot like, and sexy. This isn't anything but. 
it's honestly it's like uh coaching the, these kids in baseball and they come out with these weird these stupid little chants for every time someone's up to bat and they're like six feet under <laughs> seven feet under. i'm like shut up <laughs> Like, I don't know what even what they're saying because it just sounds like a bunch of uh, yes, yes, screaming. <laughs> and that's what this is sounds like is they're, they're coming in like, We're gonna beat your butts because we're the diva sluts. Like, I don't know. Like, and then Victoria tries to shake her no ass. Oh, <laughs> oh, like. Victoria, nuclear heat. Like, Ruthless aggression, nuclear heat. Victoria's ass got left in customs, but she still tried to shake it. <laughs> hey, that's that's Ruthless Aggression Podcast alum, Victoria. So some respect. That's right, man. Pretty little puppies. All right, who's every, what's everyone's favorite softball chant cheer? Uh, big booty, big booty, big booty. Big booty number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh they all make me feel so uncomfortable i forgot that that was a, a thing I'm, I'm glad i did not know of any of this <laughs> what you never been to like a softball game and they did all these weird little... big... no You've i'm not a it? pervert i'm not i'm not a filthy disgusting pervert like you levi i i've i covered <laughs> High school softball for two seasons, and I never once heard big booty, big booty, big booty, number one. <laughs> but I yeah. like it. Yeah, it's like big booty, big booty, big booty, big booty number one. All right, big booty number two, big booty, so on and so forth. And um, uh, th- there's more, but I can't think of them. But that's basically what that was. And so, anyway, to shorten this up a little bit, the contestants sweep the divas. It's embarrassing, I think. For the for the WWE and but like props to the diva contestants. I will say like in the end, I think the ending was kind of botched because it's supposed to be like, oh, Gail Kim got knocked, she's out. But they show the replay and it's clearly the ball kind of like whiffs her head, like yes. she's turning around to dodge it, and and her hat flies off just because she's whipping her head around, and they're like, oh, it's done, that's it, that's it. And I'm like, no, you're just <laughs> stupid. Well, they called it to an Earl Hebner decision, and I think he was just like, I don't care. She's out. Let's. I don't care. This is dumb as hell. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to lose anyway. I'm going to go sell my t shirts now. (laughs) Those poor referees. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I think it was Earl Hebner and Mike Kyoto, but nevertheless, Diva contestants win, and this causes friction between Victoria and Trish, and so they start fighting. I don't get it. (laughs) Moving on, the crowd are booing this, and Jerry's like, "Why are you booing the women? They have breasts. They have two of them." <laughs> and Jerry was like, "They got coochies as well, King." Oh, the, hold on! <laughs> <laughs> Will you stop talking about cooter cleavage? <laughs> In fact, here I, I brought a, a, a clinical diagram of a naked female body to explain. <laughs> That's a penthouse magazine. You know, technically, it's called the vulva, King. I mean, get real. <laughs> Oh my god. This is the greatest episode we've ever recorded. Ever. Dude, I'm going I'm I'm to pee my pants. I'm so angry. We're going to stop right there and remind you that uh, we got to pay those bills. We'll be back after this commercial break. Oh, yeah.
There's a new game, and it's tearing the streets up. Lace your boots if you think you can keep up. Ron panties match with a diva stripped down. Build your character so strong, opponents skip town. But y'all rookies got a lot to learn. You ain't guaranteed fame, what you get, you earn. It's a school of hard knocks where you pay your dues. Toughness is measured in your black and blue. Starting small time gyms where the chances are slim. A rock and a leather belt laced with gold trim. The world title, you got the guts to take it. It's a cutthroat game. Very few make it. You in the weak games, man, this ain't you. This is real life passion, THQ. The legends roster stacked with Hall of Famers. Tough enough to beat even polished gamers. A bunch of superstars smack down and raw. They ready to fight, be gonna crack down your jaw. I'm your number one choice, man, your boy is sick. With moves so hot, I light up your joystick. Everybody else is lame, dude. They can't see me, I be running the game cube. Day of reckoning's coming, remember I told you. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Rated T for Teen. One, two, three. Now that's what I call music. Volume 16 is here. With 20 of the hottest hits from your favorite superstar artists. Featuring Black Eyed Peas, D12, Jessica Simpson, and Huba Stang. L16 brings you more chart-topping hits, including Switchfoot, Lenny Kravitz, and Yellow Card. Now 16 features 20 of your favorite artists. And when you call or order online at NowThat'sMusic.com, you'll receive a cool Now Beach Ball free with paid order. Now that's what I call music is sure to get you moving with hits from Beanie Man, Nina Sky, and Chingy. Now 16 is only one call away. Now that's what I call music. Volume 16 has all the hits, including Britney Spears, Beyonce, and Petey Pablo. Get now, that's what I call music volume 16 and complete your collection today. To order now, that's what I call music volume 16. Call or order online at nowthatsmusic.com. $18.98 plus $4.95 shipping and handling. Rush delivery available. Call now. Next, we have a WWE Heavyweight Title Match as John Bradshaw Layfield takes on The Undertaker. With a fresh sponsorship from uh, Just For Men. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, he was, his hair is as black as a Sharpie marker. I was... and, and his goatee. And his goatee was so dark. Yeah, and he didn't even get it all. He's got that like real gray sideburn, too. Mm-hmm. So. Looks like Jericho. 
So JBL has recently wrapped up his feud with Eddie Guerrero, you know, cheating to win the uh, steel cage match. And uh, he's looking for an opponent. And uh, it looks like he's not going to have an opponent until The Undertaker comes out. And JBL's like, oh, uh, no thanks. I don't want to fight you. I'm good. And then, like, tries to cheap shot him, but Undertaker gets the advantage on him, whatever. The following week, JBL, he's like, you know what? Okay, I accept your challenge, Undertaker. And, gosh, a little Undertaker comes out. And he's like, I'm not scared of you. I'll fight you. (laughs) (laughs) Darn it. I hate it. Vince McMahon loves little people, but, like, it works. (laughs) I want to hate it, but I don't. (laughs) <laughs> so it's always funny i have a i have a thing like i went to see comedian brad williams and like as i've explained to people like i like i don't have like any sort of phobia or anything but if i'm not expecting to see a dwarf and a dwarf walks out i will just burst into laughter <laughs> <laughs> it's me like, like I, hey you know it is what it is Right, like I'm not trying to be mean, but like you, you, you gotta understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kyle's like, oh, oh, come on now, folks. Oh, come on. No, I know, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but so JBL has this little Undertaker in a tombstone position, and the real Undertaker comes out. <laughs> JBL sitting there with the uh, the little Undertaker in tombstone position, staring at Undertaker. And JBL throws the little Undertaker at the real Undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) And it just bounces off Undertaker and falls to the floor. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt bad for little Undertaker. That's why he he came. That's why he was there. He knows what he showed up for. Exactly. It's like, you're you're a human prop tonight. (laughs) And so, Undertaker... (laughs) Undertaker fends off JBL and he goes to pose and they have little Undertaker walk up next to the real Undertaker and pose with him. <laughs> and so Undertaker's like WTF man and he choke slams the little Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> And I just, I've never felt more bad for a little Undertaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not since the little gold dust that got attacked by three minute warning. Oh, God. I forgot about that. Gee. My beef the hell out of him. Oh, man. So, um, where, oh, where were you sounds, when like the way you're describing it is so hilarious? Yeah, go back and watch it. It's worth your time. I will. I'm go back and right watch now. it, boy. Matter of fact, matter of fact, matter of fact, this happened on what SmackDown was it? Uh, SmackDown, August fifth, two thousand four. <laughs> so well, you I go. found it. Oh, and it's worth noting during this segment, I almost forgot, um, Orlando Jordan came out to save JBL. So everyone's like, what the heck, Orlando Jordan, where'd he come from? Why is he siding with JBL? 
And the next week they explain it. Orlando Jordan was just like you people, looking for a handout, et cetera, et cetera. So he wants to do things the right way. He wants to align with JBL and get on the right track of life. Which is like, dang, Orlando, I didn't know you were looking for a handout. Like, dang. Dang. So they they have named him the chief of staff, which uh, I didn't know this was apparently supposed to make fun of him for his sexual orientation. Uh, So do with that what you will. Uh, I think they did the same thing to uh, Valt Venus, a.k.a. Chief Morley, but, I mean, that, that could have been making fun of his sexual orientation. Apparently, it's just a funny name to give somebody. I didn't understand it, but whatever. I mean, I, I get what they're saying, but it's just like, why? <laughs> why? Anywho. Um, so, that brings us here. Um, Undertaker versus JBL. Undertaker knocks JBL to the floor early on in the match, and the beating begins. JBL's arm goes into the steps by Undertaker. They go back on the ring. JBL hits a quick swinging neckbreaker before going up top for a good-looking top rope shoulder. An armbar doesn't get JBL anywhere, so Undertaker pulls the arm and hits the old school. Oh man, I was really Ew. there. We go. <laughs> Undertaker grabs an ugly-looking triangle choke. And Taz says, it looks like something like a triangle choke. <laughs> uh, but jo- uh, Orlando Jordan puts the foot on the rope. Undertaker hits a big boot to JBL, but misses a running version in the corner to let JBL take out the knee. The leg is wrapped around the post, and with a Jordan distraction, JBL smashes the leg with a chair. Undertaker gets sent into the barricade, so Jordan can get in a few shots before sending him inside. And... <laughs> That's when the wave starts. I was so <laughs> mad at this. I was too, man. I, I did not dislike this match. Like I, I like JBL. I'm sorry. I, I never didn't buy him in his spot. And I know a lot of people did. Especially a smart, smart crowd like this. Boo. Yeah. But, but honestly, I mean, that's what they were. <laughs> and uh, they did not respect JBL. They showed respect to The Undertaker when he was on offense. They cheered, but... Oh, man, they weren't having any of it. Um, So they do a wave while JBL works over the leg. As the leg lock goes on, JBL is smart enough to just throw in a hold and let the fans die down. So Undertaker, he fights out and pulls JBL down into a quickly broken up knee bar. They head outside again, and Undertaker hits the uh, apron leg drop, or the guillotine leg drop. If we're playing SmackDown, here comes the pain. (laughs) The announcers start chanting for the Spanish table, and I didn't even know what they were saying, but I love how Taz called it out. He was like, well, oh, these fans are chanting for the Spanish table. Like, they would never oh. do that today. The only thing I could figure is because, you know, Triple H was like, I'm going to put Eugene through the table, and then it never came back, and so everybody was like, damn it, we want to see it broken. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was funny, but in a way, but also I thought they were annoying. But anyway. in a In a very weird way, yeah. JBL snaps the throat. He's looking for a breather. Oh, he hits the hot shot. Uh, JBL goes up top too long, and Undertaker hits a superplex. He goes for the pin. Yes? Are you okay? I'm, I'm watching the Undertaker's truck slam the midget. <laughs> it's worth the watch. It was. Oh my god, that was incredible. <laughs> I don't think they showed it on the opening package, did they? 
No. I don't think they have one, no. now that I think about it. But that happened. That was amazing. So glad I saw that. JBL goes right back to the knee with a spinning toehold of all things. But Undertaker hits a sloppy release spine buster for two. The jumping clothesline puts JBL down again, and Snake Eyes, get the dice. Yes. A running clothesline instead of a big boot gives Undertaker another two. The choke slam gets delayed into a near fall. Jordan gets up for a quick distraction and hits a clothesline from JBL to give the champ a two of his own. <clears throat> the referee gets bumped, though, and it's a double big boot for a double knockdown. <laughs> Jordan throws it's like the, the floppiest ref. Oh, double real. boot. Jordan throws the belt in for a shot to the head and the very delayed near fall with Jordan grabbing the hand to slap the mat. But Undertaker still kicks out. That's goofy. <laughs> which I, I, I thought it was funny. I, I Me too. <laughs> with the referee still down, JBL rings down right hands in the corner, which is only done to set up the last ride. Undertaker goes for the pin, and when JBL kicks out, his butt crack is out. <laughs> <laughs> so Jordan comes back in with the belt, Undertaker takes it away <laughs> and hits JBL, but he gets disqualified. So there you go. Kyle, what'd you think? Uh, I thought it was a thoroughly enjoyable match. Just uh, uh, after that big, lame, stupid diva dodgeball thing. This is definitely something to pick me up. Um, I, I kind of agree. I, I like JBL. I know he gets a lot of hate, but uh, I think he's fun. Real hard hitting in the ring and such. I thought they did well together. A lot of fun stuff. Um, the ending with the whole disqualification was a little heh, but I don't know. I think Undertaker has, like, he has an ability to, even when the ending's, you know, it's not clean. He's like, oh, son, you done messed up. Now I gotta beat you up to send everybody home happy. And uh, leading to the uh, the spot in the going through the roof of the limo. Just, just fun stuff. Uh, so I, I give it a thumbs up, personally. Yeah, I, I feel like the uh, the referee wasn't supposed to see the belt shot, and but he like looked up at the wrong time and saw it happen, and he's like, "Well, I can't act like I didn't see it." I know that's what it gave me that vibe too. It's just it's weird, but I don't and know. so like, and you can kind of tell when stuff like that gets disjointed because like that didn't seem like it was going to be a post-match thing. Like, I, I think that the match was going to end in no contest when he put him through the, the the roof of the limo. I think that's how the match was supposed to end. Uh, or a count-out, a double count-out, something like that. Um, but, yeah, I think I, they got to basically the same same point by doing what they did, but I think I think the referee just looked up too soon, and he's like, he like looked at him and was like, well... I can't not call it, dude. Yeah. But it was good. I liked the match. I thought it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll give this match... I'm going to give this match a thumbs middle, but pointed towards up. Uh, because it definitely had its lulls, and the crowd kind of ruined it a little bit. But not completely. I think I think these two worked well together. I, I failed to mention this in, in the, uh, the pre-match breakdown, but... I'm feeling a little conflicted with these two feuding, acting like they don't know each you have to other. Be about uh, because <laughs> Bradshaw was an acolyte. It's not True. as if he's lived this, you know, oil tycoon money man his whole life. You know, he he danced with the devil, did he not? He did. These two have history. 
And they're just kind of ignoring that. But, I mean, that's not unlike WWE, of course. Yeah. So I feel a little conflicted in that way. Not to mention, they do feed into that in a few weeks with the SmackDown <gasps> 5th anniversary. With the return of two ministry wrestlers. But uh, oh, we'll, we'll get into that. E? Say again? Is it, is it Viscera? It is Viscera! Yes, it's Viscera <laughs> City! All right, you got me. It's Viscera and Gangrel. They will make an appearance on the SmackDown 5th anniversary show, and uh, Ooh, that'll be exciting. Juicy. Uh, but anyway, um, after the match... Oh, wait, I, I didn't say... Uh, oh, yes, I did. Thumbs and all pointers up. Uh, <laughs> you said it. I said it. Get out of here, Levi, loser. Um, so after the match, um, and thankfully this spot was not ruined to now an infamous spot uh, where... The limo is dummied to uh, to go through, right? Uh, there was a fan who got on top of it and almost ruined the whole thing. <laughs> um, for those who are aware of the history behind that, but uh, Undertaker he last or choke slams JBL through the top of the limo, and so yeah, JBL he won the title, but at what cost? <laughs> Everybody's favorite uh, outcome of a story, right? Mm-hmm. So, what did you guys think of uh, the choke slam through the limo? I liked it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, goofy fun. It worked. Like I wanted, I wanted to to pick it apart. I was like, I mean, it did what it was supposed to do, and it looked cool. You know, it, it's only it's only as a discerning smart that I'm like, oh, you can totally see that it's not metal on top of the roof. Like, yeah. Well, with that being said. Now it's time for the main event of the evening. Oh, yeah. Slow motion for me. Slow motion for me. Moving slow motion for me. Slow motion for me. Slow motion for me. Moving slow motion for me. Oh, I like it like that. She working that back. I don't know how to act. Slow for me, slow motion for me, slow motion for me, moving slow motion for me. Oh, I like it like that. She working that back. I don't know how to act. Slow motion for me, slow motion for me, slow motion for me, moving slow motion for me. I'm a dick thrower. Her neck and her back hurting. Cut through to have you like a brand new version. It's like when she get used to it, then you start serving. Your main event is a world heavyweight title match as Randy Orton takes on the champion, Chris Benoit. So there is not a whole lot of story on this. Basically, WWE has hit the fast forward button on Randy Orton's push into stardom. And it's not unearned. Randy Orton has had a heck of a year. Picking up wins, um, you know, feuding with Mick Foley in the Royal Rumble, picking up a win at WrestleMania against him, picking up a win against Cactus Jack at Backlash. Uh, he's been in, like, really good quality matches. Uh, but, man, this kind of came out of nowhere, like an RKO. <gasps> Randy Orton wins a battle royal to determine the number one contender at SummerSlam. And... We see uh, seeds of dissension between uh, Triple H as well as Randy Orton. Randy's like, man, I hope I win the title so that we can uh, challenge one another and have a great match. And Triple H is like, 
yeah, whatever. And so, whatever, butthole. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, nothing, nothing happens between them. Of course. Oh no. Yeah. That's how we got here, man. Benoit hasn't really had anything to sink his teeth into, unfortunately. You know, going from babysitting Eugene and never getting away from Triple H. And uh, here we are. That's really it. And, of course, the fans are definitely behind Randy Orton. And Randy. Which is all the more befuddling when uh, Benoit... Is, is Benoit not from Toronto? No, he's from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. I'm not I'm not after DF. No, now he's residing in Atlanta, Georgia. That's why they're booing. <laughs> we like Missouri more. We like St. Louis. It's closer. <laughs> um so yeah, wh- where are you guys at on the whole Randy Orton main eventer thing? I'll, I'll I'd say it is uh just like you said, just kind of for being so young, just kind of sudden, but you know what? Screw it. If it's hot, go for it. I, I just think, remember I think a little bit I, I'm sorry. Uh, I think a little bit is like we're we're gifted the power of hindsight, so we can see that it worked. So we're like, yeah, I loved it, but like I don't know because I didn't see it at the time. I don't know how I would have felt about it. Mm-hmm. I just remember when I was, I, I think I was going into fifth grade when this happened, and I was confused. I was like, man, how did Randy Orton beat Chris Benoit? Because in my mind, I'm like, Chris Benoit, main event, he's the world champion. Randy Orton, mid card. Like, how did he beat Chris Benoit? And uh, if you know TV over the next several months, I'm not going to spoil anything. But like, ah, you know, some good stuff coming. You you may have you may have question marks, but uh, we'll we'll get to that when we get to it, of course. But for now, let's get into the match and break it down. <laughs> Fans are all over Earl Hebner to start the match with a "You Screwed Brett" chant. Uh, I will. I will note also that uh, Randy Orton. This is the, to my knowledge, the first appearance of the the Golden Shower Pyro. <laughs> so I, I always liked that. I always gave it to my wrestlers when I was growing up in the game. Same. I honestly like the. It, it was always my favorite Randy Orton and kind of entrance. I think it fit him just so well. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, honestly, I've never been like a, a, the biggest fan of the viper entrance it's cool but not as cool in my opinion no man we went from like this you know cocky arrogant uh like snobby boy to uh eh, your voices i'm crazy man yeah and I, I think uh snobby boy i feel like suits his personality better because he comes off as a little shithead 100%. even when he's the viper and props to mjf who you know is doing the same thing and it's working well for him mm-hmm just imagine, like, in five years, MJF's like, I'm crazy, man. Ooh. He's like, I'm I'm the snake. A lot of people compare MJF to Miz, but, like, I've always seen young Ugh, Randy Orton I... in him. That's that's an insult. <laughs> uh, anyway. Not, not, not for AEW, child. We're talking about ruthless aggression. Full, full. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I noted that I really liked the uh, seriousness in the face of Randy Orton. Like, he's taking this seriously. And uh, I think it plays well into the ending of the match as well. But um, Benoit drives him into the corner to start out and takes down Orton with a rather early chin lock. A test of strength goes to Orton, but he misses a knee drop. Benoit is right back with the armbar and arm drags him down into another armbar. Ooh, say that five times fast. Armbar. 
<clears throat> That's reversed as well with Orton get, uh, grabbing a sharpshooter of his own. And this is really the only time I can note that Randy's hit a sharpshooter. So it was kind of neat in that regard. However, I he didn't really sit down into it. So... Eh. Yeah, like that, that sharpshooter is kind of weak. I don't know. It's like a minor peeve of mine. It's when I see somebody try to do a sharpshooter and they just don't really do it good enough. Because then it just looks weak as hell. A criticism that people have, have for staying modern day, and granted he's 62 is that he he doesn't sit down into the uh, scorpion death lock anymore. But I think he caught wind of that and, and started to do it. So <laughs> props to him. <laughs> Benoit slips out of that and tries a crossface, sending Orton to the floor where he posts Benoit to really take over. He drives him into the post a second time and keeps the champ down, and Orton drapes him over the top rope for good measure. We get something like a DDT on the apron. It gets Benoit out of trouble, but he misses a dive through the ropes, and... Oh my gosh, like how does he not have a concussion after that? It, surely he For did. Real. It looked really bad. That looked rough. Like, ugh. And the sad thing was I I just recently rewatched like the, the Benoit Dark Side of the Ring two parter, so it's especially like <laughs> hits all over again, man. And and Jerry was like, Oh, he's had surgery on that neck. I'm like, that's not what I'm thinking of, man. <laughs> but of course, Jerry Lawler's not sitting there in 04 saying he's gonna kill his family. Wait, did something <laughs> happen? He's got a brain of an 80-year-old Alzheimer's patient. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. Um, back in, and Orton hits the over-the-shoulder neckbreaker for two. It was a really cool-looking move. Followed by a chin lock, which was not a really cool-looking move. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it was pretty awesome. Benoit. <laughs> Randy freaking Orton. <laughs> <laughs> Benoit fights up for the stereo crossbodies, but gets up first for a northern light suplex. A released German suplex has Orton in trouble, and the sharpshooter goes on. That's good for two arm drops until Orton makes the ropes, so they're both exhausted, both putting in some real good work here. We'll get some rolling German suplexes. We put Orton down again, but he gets his feet up to block the diving headbutt, and oh my gosh, if he didn't have a concussion then on the suicide dive, he definitely has one now. That looked so bad. That looked like it hurt. Mm-hmm. The cover is counted into a crossface, but Benoit rolls out. Back up, and Benoit tries it again, but Orton spins him around into the RKO, and oh my gosh, Randy Orton gets the win and is the new world heavyweight champion. Great match. A lot of fun. Uh, I really liked how... I really like this. Is I, I feel like this is the first real RKO out of nowhere scenario it happened so suddenly it really it really put randy orton over as as a legitimate champion uh, and this is what's what you know soapbox time this is what's missing from wrestling today is you have a guy hit his finish one time and the match is over there wasn't 11 kickouts and he didn't have to hit his move 40 times he hit the rko once rolled him over he got the pin Walked away the champion, and it's simple as that. And the whole time you're sitting there, like, there's no way he's gonna kick out. He's got to kick out of that. Nope. I really liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was really well done. Uh, as for me, I thought it was just okay. It didn't. I don't know. Something about it didn't do it for me. Um, Randy Orton's one of those wrestlers that I, I don't know. It's like I my brain says I like him, but I I feel like. He's been very 50-50 with me. Um, 
you know, I, I definitely believe he was giving it his all in this. Uh, and there certainly were good spots. But at the same time, I feel like there are parts when Randy kind of dragged it down. Um, I thought it was fine. But uh, it's, it's, yeah, it just it didn't really get me crazy hyped to see the Randy Orton title reign. And I guess just one of those hindsight things like, oh, this is how we end Benoit's reign. All right, I guess. It's just kind of like, yeah, all right. I, I'm not against it or anything, and I don't hate the match, but I I didn't love it. But, I, you know, I'll still give it, like, a, a you know, a decent little thumbs up. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I thought it was a good uh, showcase for both guys. Could it have been better? Yes. Was it bad? Absolutely not. And, uh, you know, same, same deal with uh, Eddie and uh, Kurt. And I guess you could really say that about the pay-per-view. Could it have been better? Yes, but... Uh, Overall, mm-hmm. overall not bad um now this match in particular uh i just thought it was a good launching pad for randy orton and that's what was intended that it was the intended outcome and i think they delivered on it i don't understand why they really pushed fast forward on randy orton but nevertheless they did and it worked and randy orton celebrates so i, I you know i give it i probably give it a thumbs up pointed towards middle if that makes sense, you know, you can reverse and say middle pointed up. But I, I, a, good, a good little thumbs up. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Randy Orton celebrates, and then Chris Benoit comes back in after the match and is like, Be a man! Be a man! Yeah. <laughs> say subtlety was never a Chris Benoit strong suit. Chris freaking Benoit. <laughs> it may or may not have been the CTE talking, but nevertheless... <laughs> Nevertheless, Randy Orton's like, God, oh, jeez, man. Okay, here you go. <laughs> Shakes his hand. It's your handshake, dude. Shut up. He said, be a man, like, after he had already grabbed his hand, too. <laughs> I was like, shut right. up, Chris. Jeez. Uh, so they shake hands, which which was cool. And um, they play Benoit's music. And for a second, I was like, oh, man, it's taking away the shine for Randy. But then they play his music again. And Randy Orton pounds his chest, raises his arm up to Chris as a sign of respect. And, uh, I mean, yeah, props to Randy. He won clean. Clean as a whistle. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he showed respect it, after the match. Yeah. Definitely like that. And the the individual, him holding the title belt, was, was cool. You can tell, like, it meant a lot to him. Mm-hmm. Like, as the moment is occurring, you can see him realizing what is happening. Like, I, I thought it was really, really cool. He was just thinking, oh, man, I'm more famous than my dad in such a quick time. Yes. <laughs> Basically. He's like, I'm going to go shit in somebody's bag. (laughs) (laughs) And that does it for SummerSlam 2004. And like I just said, uh, fine show, could have been better, but was not a bad show. Started off Mm -hmm. a little slow, which is kind of a pattern for this year in Ruthless Aggression Wrestling. But yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. What do you guys think about the show overall? Yeah, it's it's fine. Like it's for like a, it's weird. It's it's SummerSlam, but I feel like this is kind of like B pay per view feeling. It's not certainly not the big spectacle that you kind of I guess think of a modern SummerSlam. But you know, it was serviceable. It was fine. Um, Certainly was not miserable watching this. Uh, Even with the Dudleys opening, like I I didn't hate it. It's uh, you know, if if you're if you're wanting just some easy going pay per view watch, then here. Here you go. Here's SummerSlam 04 for you. But I will say that I, I can't wait to get 2005 because I think 2005 picks up a lot more than 04. 
Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was decent. Uh, it really picked up more towards the end. the The first half of it was bad. Uh, the second half of it was good. So it evens out to be average, kind of like uh, <laughs> like Kyle's saying. Um, yeah, it didn't really feel like SummerSlam. It felt like I don't know, just just like No Mercy, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it was it was all right. We got the the big moment at the end, and and that was worth the the price of admission, I guess. You got to see uh, Eugene uh, take Triple H in a 15-minute classic. Yep. <laughs> I feel like we would be doing the podcast much more of a service if we go ahead and say what happens after this as far as Randy Orton goes. Because what happens after this as far as Randy Orton goes, Levi? Well, what happens after this as far as Randy Orton goes, Kyle, is the night following SummerSlam, we see Randy Orton betrayed by Evolution. Evolution is a mystery. (laughs) They celebrate with Randy. You know, Batista has him on his shoulders. They're like, "Yay, champ!" (laughs) And Batista or Triple H gives the thumbs down, which is excellent foreshadowing going into WrestleMania season. Gives the thumbs down, and Batista drops Randy Orton, and they pummel him like Eugene. (gasps) No. I watched- and then Eugene comes out with sunglasses and he's the new fourth member of Evolution. <laughs> you got my respect, Eugene. Welcome to the club. I watched that live, man, and I'll never forget it. I was like, whoa, man, they they betrayed Randy. Like, how? <laughs> Why would they do that? That's their friend. He's nefarious, right? A mystery. And, yeah, do, do you guys remember watching that at all? No, I, I didn't watch it at all. I didn't watch it at all either, Levi. I'm sorry. Wow. Okay. But yeah, I it's remember. one of the, it's one of those big moments that I've seen in highlight packages a million times over, though. Mm-hmm. And clear, clearly see it in my head. The thumbs up, the thumbs down, and then the oh, and then <laughs> dead. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and then the following week on Raw, Triple H demands Randy turn in the championship to him over to him. <laughs> Why? And, and it looks like, it. and it looks like Randy is going to give him the belt. But Randy pulls it back, spits in his face, and sets up the feud for Unforgiven. Consequently, our next show will be reviewing. Ah, yeah. And then Randy goes, I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jake, what can we expect from Unforgiven 2004? Well, I'm I'm a little upset because we're going to be missing out on a Maven versus Rodney Mack with Jazz match. Um, That's not... That's, that's a dark oh. match. I mean, that's, oh. that's everyone Everyone we like. Maybe we'll have to make an exception and review a heat match, man. Yeah, we'll have to find that heat. Yep. Um, so we have Chris Be- Christopher Benoit and William <laughs> Regal. They're going to be going up against Batista and Ric Flair in a tag team mm. match. Sounds pretty good. Uh, Trish Stratus with Tyson Tomko will be facing Victoria for the WWE Women's Championship. Could be I mean, good. Immediately after that, just leave him out there. Tyson Tomko will go up against Steven Richards in a singles match. Chris Jericho will go up against Chris Jim in a ladder match for the vacant WWE Intercontinental Championship. Oh, wow. Okay. So, something what? something is something, a myth. I love that. Something, now and then. something happened. What the hell? <laughs> we've got a no-DQ no match between Kane with Lita. <laughs> and going up against Shawn Michaels. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we've got 
Rhino and Michael is gonna save your soul. We've got Rhino and Tajiri in a tag team match for the World Tag Team Championship going up against Law Resistance. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, Rhino and Tajiri, that's a pop. <laughs> I know. For and in your. And in your main event for the World Heavyweight Championship, that's right, La Resistance getting semi-main. Oh my um, God. Triple H and Randy Orton for the World Heavyweight Championship. Hmm. There you go. Hmm. There you go. Sounds like it could be a decent show. So yeah, that's that's Unforgiven 04. We're looking forward to reviewing it. And if you can't get enough of that Ruthless Aggression podcast goodness, you can follow us mm-hmm. on social media. You can follow us on Twitter, at RuthlessPod. To follow us on Instagram at Ruthless Aggression Podcast and Facebook and YouTube, respectively, Ruthless Aggression Podcast. Jake, where can they follow you in the meantime? Y'all can find me on Twitter at JakeTaber541 at Crash Landis. You can find me at badfacts.info, badfacts.info, where I am the host of my show with Alex and Jake. You can find more of my delicious content there. And Kyle, where can they follow you, good sir? <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at RuthlessPodKyle, where I'm just, you know, being cool, hanging out, giving some soft takes, occasional live-tweeting episodes of Dynamite or what have you. Whatever, man. Just having a fun time. Hit me up. And furthermore, if you can't get enough of that Ruthless Aggression Podcast goodness, you can subscribe to us on Patreon for as little as $5 for exclusive content such as show notes, bonus episodes, bonus series, and much, much more. So subscribe to us on patreon.com forward slash R-A-Pod. That's R as in Rodney Mack, A as in A-Train, and Pod. Yeah. <laughs> I like how in order to describe A, you just said A again, essentially. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, of course, we thank our patrons, uh, Mr. Fretz, uh, Nate the Effing Grape, and Trevor Freilich, we thank you, fellas. And so please, if you want to join the Spagingo Squad, subscribe yeah. on Patreon. And uh, in the meantime, that does it for us. I'm Levi. I am Kyle. I'm Jake. Reminding you to stay ruthless. <laughs> So ladies and gentlemen, right now, I would like to introduce to you a man who needs no introduction. And I mean that. For he is your champion of the galaxy. That's right. The galactic heavyweight champion, presuming that galaxy is the Milky Way. He is the greatest export of Wisconsin since sliced cheese. And he is the expert in all things SummerSlam 2004. So right now, give it up for the game changer, Nate the Epic Gray. Woo! The crowd goes crazy. Oh my gosh. Nate, welcome. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Usually I'm the one that gives the great introductions, but... uh, I think you definitely taught me on this one. That was 
that was a good one. That was very. That's a very tough one to top off. So thank you very much for that. I really do appreciate it. Of course, man. It's uh, it's an honor to have you here, uh, guys. Uh, when it comes to supporters of the show, we have a, we have a great core fan base that have stuck with us from the beginning and and even in the middle parts. But uh, uh, we're growing all the time. But uh, Nate here has been with us for a long time now. And he's definitely been one of our greatest supporters. So I thought no better way to to show our thanks than to have him on the show. So, Nate, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. It's an honor and a privilege to be here at the one place that is truly ruthless. That's right, brother, brother. So, I got to ask, are you a virgin? <laughs> gotcha. My virgin. Oh, <laughs> my good sir. You need to realize that as the champion of the Milky Way, the only thing that's virgin when it comes to me is not my cell phone service. I will tell you that right now. <laughs> oh, man. Of course, I couldn't expect another answer. So um, I got to ask, uh, in all seriousness, why SummerSlam 2004? I know you've been a wrestling fan for a long time. And you've stated that this is your favorite show. Why SummerSlam? Why 2004? So I do want to clarify, as far as SummerSlam 2004 goes, it's not my all-time favorite, but it is one that stands out the most with me. And the reason being is because it is the first show that I actually watched on pay-per-view. For those of you that don't know, that was before WWE switched over to premium live events, which I think <laughs> is worse than what it was, than what it was before. Um... Yeah, I was working, I think, a job at a hotel, and one of the first things I did with my paycheck, I said, I want to get SummerSlam. I want to watch it. And I just remember top to bottom it being a memorable show. I know that my friend, uh, Mr. Fretch, shout out to him, he and I, we've covered SummerSlam 2004, and I will say that you know when you're 14, you see that show, it's a fun show, but now it's like I've doubled in age, and I've seen it again. There's some parts of it that are obviously not able to stand out and stand up. Uh, I mean, mainly the main event being, you know, uh, Randy Orton defeating no one. It's just like just some it's like some random Kenny Omega deal where it seems like he's just beating himself up in the ring. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah, no, before 2007 happened, obviously we knew what ha happened. You know, Benoit was the champion at the time. They wanted to get a young champion in Randy Orton. Um, but yeah, no, it is just amazing kind of looking back and seeing everything that's kind of evolved since then. But there's also a part of me that's like, you know, even though this wasn't a good show, I'd much rather would have watched this show than most of the shows that I see in WWE nowadays. And that's a sad thing to say, because <laughs> that was when we had the Texas Longhorn JBL as Ooh, WWE duh. champion. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but there were still some good matches. I mean, we... I mean, you guys have already covered it. Some of the crazy antics that took place in there, including Diva Dodgeball, which I forget. literally thought, oh my gosh, this was one of those things like, wow, this is what the women were doing at the time. But you know something? I think they somehow got a longer... Nope, they didn't. They didn't. That was This was probably maybe like two minutes of them throwing balls at each other, which is... Well, JR, I like that. Saying. Oh, that's disgusting, King. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love the line as soon as... Uh, uh, at the end of it, where the uh, Diva Dodgeball scene is over, and J and Jerry Lawler's just like, "What? I think they're booing the women. What's wrong <laughs> with you people? We are in a bizarre world, Jr. 
<laughs> yeah, and I think Michael Cole makes it makes it a point later to be like, "Well, this is just Bizarro World. How can you boo women?" It's just like, "Come on, man. We're all about equality, aren't we? Boo everybody." Hey, because <laughs> hey, hey, listen here, eh? We just want to make sure that our women's wrestlers are getting the proper treatment, eh? You can't do it unless you have some maple syrup, eh? If you'd have had a maple syrup in a pool match, eh, then yeah, we probably would have gotten a lot better reaction for that, eh? Okay, I kid not for a split second. I thought I was talking to Mr. Fretz. <laughs> that was a good that was a good impression. Uh, sorry to all the Canadians that I have pissed off, but also not sorry because I'm a heel for a reason. <laughs> That's right, man. You don't you gotta understand what you're getting with the galactic champion of the world. Wait, that doesn't make sense. The galactic champion of the galaxy. Let's say that. <laughs> so I will, I will, I will say this: that um, even though I'm technically no longer the champion on the show, which I will not be given that much uh, reference to, uh, they did. Nobody beat me for it. So technically, I still feel like I am that galactic champion. So I think until somebody actually beats me, I could could still call myself that. So look that's my, just the way life goes look, my friend you'll always be my galactic champion like i just can't picture when i think of the milky way all right i think of nate the effing great <laughs> and i'm yeah, talking that, about that the candy bar folks <laughs> that's gonna be a t-shirt now it's just like milky way equals nate the effing great and it's just like a transparent picture of you in, in the background oh man make it happen i'll i'll buy one come on so i gotta ask man um i really have to stop saying that see i'm no see, i'm When, oh shoot, okay. Can you hear me, Nate? Oh shoot. What just happened here? I think the microphone may have cut check, out. Check, what check, check. Heck? One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, check. check. That's good. So I did not mute you. What is going on? Check, here? check, check. Hmm. Hey, can you hear me? Let me try this, Levi. Let me just just check one, two. Oh, shoot. Check, 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 check. Check one, two. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. For some reason, it just cut out. I have no idea what happened, but I got a, a little notification that said, your device has been removed. I'm like, I didn't touch anything. What the hell? What the Technology, hell? why? <laughs> Tell me why. No. Um, Tell me why. Ain't nothing but, but technology. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So where, what I, where I was going was when, so that, that was the first pay-per-view that, that you ordered. Uh, when did it all start for you? When did you become a wrestling fan? Crazy enough, it was kind of a sporadic deal. It was in 2001 that I remember watching the Alliance deal where they were trying to recruit the rock and they failed and then I kind of fell out of it a little bit, but it wasn't until 2004 earlier on during that time. I'm trying to remember exactly when I want to say it was either before vengeance or no, no, it was before that. It was before bad blood, which we've already mentioned the fact that bad blood has one of the greatest wrestling contests of all time. That being Eugene versus Jonathan coachman. Go check it out. <laughs> you know, it's not bad. <laughs> also shout it's out to Nick Dinsmore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's certainly a lot more merciful than the hell in the cell match. That's for sure. Oh my gosh. Yes. Definitely more palatable. I'm with you on that. Um, so 
It was, yeah, it was around, it was around that time. I think it was before Bad Blood uh, came out. And one of the things I've always said this, and I'll still go on record to say this, is that uh, Eugene, a.k.a. Nick Dinsmore, is the one who really got me into wrestling. And it is because of his character work. He didn't do anything. (laughs) I know, I know. It sounds weird for me to say, but let me give you guys a little bit of context. Back in high school, I was not exactly one of the more popular people. I was never one of those guys that, you know, was going to be able to do football or be a pro sport or look like a million bucks. But with Eugene, he kind of played that. Yes, he did play a character with, you know, special needs, quote unquote. But he also was one of those characters like he was different. And I think that's where I related to him was that he's just different. He's not somebody that you would expect to be successful, but he did. And that's something that nobody can really take away from him. I mean, he's a former tag team champion. He had some moments with some of the best legends in all of sports entertainment history. And he also got the crap beat out of him by the Sandman at, you know, one night stand. But that's neither, that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, it was because of that. And then eventually after time went on, I started getting interested in some of the other characters like, you know, John Cena, Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Jericho, Christian, uh, Shawn Michaels, Kane, you know, it just kind of evolved from there where some of these characters actually started reeling me in. It just took one person to kind of get me, you know, kind of give a nibble. And then everybody else kind of got me hooked. And I was like, okay, I'm in for this. I like it. And even to this day, my dad still has the same mindset with wrestling that it comes down to what it was almost going about 50. Oh gosh, it's almost going to be twenty years in about a couple of years. I'm realizing that now. That's that's insane. Ooh, yep, yep, crazy man. It's crazy. We're getting old, Levi. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I you know I got a kid, and like nothing will age you faster than a kid. And uh, I'm just like, man, who are all these little zoomers on TikTok? And it's just like, I feel I feel life passing me by every day. <laughs> <laughs> But you also have Jake R and Kyle that kind of age you a little bit with their antics. Oh but my gosh, you never really man. talk too much about see, that. <laughs> see, see, this is see, this is what people don't realize is that a lot of stuff gets cut from the podcast, including believe uh, that, including myself getting interrupted ad nauseum forever and ever just because they think it's funny. So <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, guys, can we please? And tangents after tangents, these guys, man. That's right. I'm turning heel on good old JKR and Kyle. That's right. Boo. Screw Levi. He's wearing sunglasses. What's wrong with him? <laughs> and in the words of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, you're welcome. <laughs> in the root in the uh, the words of Booker T, can you dig it, sucker? <laughs> so that's... Well thankfully you got past the Booker T deal, so Right. <laughs> Well, that's interesting, though, that you uh, got got interested in around 01 and came back in 04. Uh, I myself uh, started watching wrestling in 01, but it was after the invasion. My early my earliest wrestling memory is William Regal peeing on the big show. Oh, God. As, as crazy as that Whoa. sounds. That, that, that's, that's what makes it awesome. Right. That's what <laughs> pulled me in some way. I was like, oh, my gosh. And I remember telling my teacher about that, and she just giving me this the most befuddled look ever because i yeah i was in second grade and i was just like what is this kid talking about what is he watching (laughs) who was just don't go pee on your just don't pee on your classmates i'll tell you that right now (laughs) (laughs) sorry miss i'll give you a swift little paddling (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh man, I, I stayed paddled in school. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> do they paddle in what uh, Wisconsin? Um, they do not. Uh, well, not on the school school system. I know that you know. I was raised you know old school, where a lot of times whenever you would get uh, in trouble, you would you would get a little bit of a. I wouldn't really get much of a paddling as much as a swat swatting. But I, I will see. tell you this: this is kind of a funny funny story. Is that a lot of times whenever I knew I was in trouble, I would just go to my room and pretend like I was asleep. So that way I would think, well, maybe they'll just you know be cool off by tomorrow. Nope, they saw right through that charade, and I got <laughs> such a swift swift little swatting from that but you know it is kind of, one of those things where it's like do i really have any resentment against my parents for it no it's one of those things where i understand why they did it and i understand the fact that it made me into the person that i am today a damaged emotionally kind of you know streak and gripping i'm kidding i'm totally <laughs> kidding i, I just picture I, you with like joker makeup on there for a second <laughs> <laughs> just pull down my pants you know how i got these scars <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's a joker remake that'd be interesting <laughs> For a certain audience, maybe. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, but um, let, let, let's go through uh, match by match, shall we? And I, I would love to get your thoughts on uh, uh, just in depth how this show went out or went mm-hmm. down. Excuse me. So uh, we opened the ma- the show. Gosh, I, I stutter so much. I need to stop that. We uh, Don't turn it into Matt Morgan in WWE <laughs> where he's like, Matt Morgan. I'm no poop, 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 poop. And then John Cena does like, parent, pediatrician, principal, Peoria, pain in my ass. <laughs> I forgot all about that. Oh, my God. Oh, oh trust me. You're not going to forget about it in a few months when you have to review, like, Judgment Day, and then you'll have to relive Matt Morgan. Oh, my gosh. I'm just, I am not prepared for 05. I'm just not. I'm just like, <laughs> what happened in that year besides Eddie Guerrero dying and the, and the ladder match with Dominic? I'm just like, oh, man. I have no idea what awaits me. But, uh, yeah, the show, we start with the Dudley boys, recently turned heel Spike Dudley, taking on Billy Kidman, Paul Lennon, and Rey Mysterio. Uh, kind of run me through your memories of, of the build of this and uh, what you thought of the match. So the build for this, I thought, was pretty good for what it was. I mean, obviously, they had the Dudleys and Paul London and Billy Kidman feuding with each other for the tag team titles. But you also create that little narrative of, you know, Spike and Ray kind of building up to each other. And that was kind of a bit of a shock to see Spike turn on uh, Ray. And then he comes like the leader of the Dudleys, which honestly enough, in a weird way works because it is the little guy that has these two beefy brothers that are literally going to just be like, you pick on our brother. We going to beat you up so bad that I can't really do a full on bully Ray accent. Hey, so that I was good. That was, no, that was great. <laughs> I, don't, I felt like I was going a little bit into Taz there for a minute. But... It made me want a New York deep dish. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> there we go. Um, no, build I thought was pr- pretty good. And then we get to the match itself. I remember this matchup so much because whenever my brother and I uh, watched this, I would always, anytime Ray Mysterio would do it like his flying does, you know, see it senton or he's flying with the head scissors. I would just go like, oh, wee! <laughs> and it's almost like he just... Seems like he would be doing that. I mean, obviously CM Punk one time went, I'm flying! Which, <laughs> oh gosh, is one of the greatest raw moments of all time. But, and then when he hits the barricade, he just go, we all! <laughs> he just 
he just eats it. Right. Uh, a bit of a shocking uh, result too, but nobody really kicks out of the 3D until you know they go into TNA and they get beat by two young guys known as Motor City Machine Guns. That's but right. that's something I'll probably discuss on my podcast in a later future. Ooh, uh, but yeah, luck. no, I yeah, a little cheap lug. But no, I actually think that as far as this match goes, this is probably my second favorite matchup because it told a great story. Uh, it was an interesting result, which I feel like it didn't get more of a resolution to it in the future, which you guys will probably find out because literally they just had this match and then they're kind of falling in and out. I mean, Ray and Spike, they kind of continue their deal, but... For the most part, it was just kind of like, okay, we're going to have the tag team titles switch hands, which, oh boy, you're going to love the next team that wins those belts. But the, yeah, the match itself was good. I really enjoyed it. It's not the Bashams, is it? No, 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 no. It's definitely not the Bashams. But uh, let's just say that you're not going to like 05 even more. <sighs> okay. Uh, I'll tell you what, even more than 05, even more than 05, I know I despise 06. And I felt it was a, I felt it was a mercy in my life when they changed from UPN to the CW, and I couldn't get the channel anymore. So I was like, man, I'm glad I don't have to waste any more time on Booker T or excuse me, King Booker and Finley and William Regal. I just I was over it, man. I'm like, what happened to SmackDown? Oh, I know, maybe maybe I'll appreciate it more uh, with a second watch through. But at the time, oh my gosh, man, I feel like I feel like we're about to hit a big snack with SmackDown, but. Nevertheless, moving forward to Raw, we see Kane taking on Matt Hardy in the first and only, if I can recall, till death do us part match. Now, my feelings For on Kane, <laughs> my feelings on Kane are pretty <laughs> noted, and uh, I, I despise Kane. Um, but tell me, what were you thinking at the time, and uh, what did you think of this match? So, at a young age, I had no idea, you know, what the uh, magic of RAI. I can't even spell it right now. R-A-P-E. There we go. Was. So I really kind of had no idea what to kind of expect when it came down to this. But now as I got older, I'm like, oh, that's... Mm. Yeah, no, this is not a good story that's going to hold up for years to come. I mean, yes, Matt Hardy is the conquering hero. Matt Hardy is supposed to be the one who's like, you impregnated my girl. Therefore, I'm going to give you a little v and make you go... Delete, delete. Oh, wait, no, this is pre-deletion. Damn it. So, oh, man. And the sad thing is this is after he did, like, those uh, mat facts. So we couldn't even get that during the matchup. That, oh, man. That makes me sad. Now you're just making <laughs> it Matt, worse. <laughs> <laughs> just, Matt Hardy hates Kane. Matt Hardy is going to kill Kane tonight at SummerSlam. Yes, please. Had they like just anything. done that. Yeah. <laughs> just to make it a little bit more... I guess enjoyable. Right. Um, but yeah, then they make the big reveal of like, oh, it's not your baby Matt, it's Kane's. And I think that Matt had the perfect reaction for it. It's just like, thought I had a chance. Thought this guy, I'm I'm cool. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm gonna destroy this man. It's like, <laughs> you know what? That's that's totally fine. This is overacting done properly. Right. Match itself. Ooh, oh boy. I mean we probably could have trimmed a couple minutes off of this matchup and just given more time to the Diva Dodgeball deal, even though that oh, was a quote-unquote shoot. <laughs> hey, I think that you would appreciate less Kane on your SummerSlam smorgasbord, okay, to okay. be fair. Okay, you got a point. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm appeasing to you in, in this point. You're, 
your well, your new field so I'm Do you want horse crap or pig crap, man? It's like, come on. <laughs> hey, I feel like pig crap is more more bearable than horse crap. Let me tell you about pig pan function. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that would have been even better. Just literally Trish Stratus and and Victoria fight each other. Then Stole Cold just comes in, grabs Trish. I'm gonna take you and show you how I feel about this Steven Dodgeball deal. Just throws her right into the pig <laughs> crap that she throws Bish off into oh, from last Lord. year. It's like. How much sense does this make? None. And that's the point. This made no sense. This made no sense. But I'll just save this segment. I don't really give a damn. He just walks away. <laughs> um, yeah. I remember <laughs> I remember t- for seeing this for the first time and just be like, oh, poor Lita, poor Lita. And my dad just shows no sympathy whatsoever. It's like, poor Lita. She's the one that herself in this in the first place. <laughs> yeah, she kind of so, did. She kind of did. <laughs> I, I felt like the the, uh, the explanation was very sloppy and lazy, but it is what it is. Yeah. But you're going to get a big red, uh, big red wedding in the future, <laughs> which I don't know... I don't know if you're going to have that as a separate episode or if you're just going to tie that in with Unforgiven, but, you know, I think you're better off just tying it in for uh, with Unforgiven. I, I think I'm going to save you right. a little bit of the hassle. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine taking any free time to uh, cover Kane, man, <laughs> in, any, in any greater detail than I have to. But um, but you get to see Kane in a white suit and Lita in a black dress. Maybe I'm selling this way too much, but... I think <laughs> it's you are. One of those things. <laughs> I will but say It's though, one of those things where it's... It's a once in a lifetime deal, though. <laughs> Thank goodness, man. I'm glad we don't have to suffer through it anymore. <laughs> uh, I will say, though, um, I will say towards the end of the match, the the super choke slam did give Kane a, a few cool points for me. That that was a great choke slam, and literally looked like Matt just died. He literally just had a head of like, oh, service, oh, there's where I put that Gatorade. <laughs> it's just done. He lost the ability to slap any tornadoes. <laughs> so moving he's just on. gonna cry he cried on that weekend <laughs> <laughs> so moving on we see one of the first um in the series or the first in the series excuse me between john cena and booker t best of five series for the united states championship uh this Ooh. is kind of a kind of sprung on at the last minute within the last couple of weeks of smackdown um mm-hmm. give me your thoughts this is a cluster of a build-up because you had the feud uh, kind of reaching a bit of a climax at uh, the Great American Bash, where if they would have just done like one more match with Team Booker, it could have been something more they could have done in that. But then, of course, you had Kurt Angle involved here, being like, "Hey, you just took, you just hit a guy in a wheelchair. You hit me again. You'll be stripped of the title." Of course, John Cena accidentally does it. Kurt don't give two rats behinds about that. You get your t- U.S. title stripped away from you. It's like, Kurt, let's take it easy now. This is not Magic Mike. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so then they had the multi-man match. Booker T wins the title. Then Tay Long, holla, 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 which I will say is one of the best general managers of all time. Fight me on that. I dare anybody. Second, hey, second only no tip. <laughs> uh, he just like, hey, remember when you were facing off that one guy at you know WCW and you had a best of series? Well, we're going to do that again, but we're going to make it five instead of seven. Right. And it's like, that's not that's not too bad. Um, so yeah, no, this was the first of the series. Uh, I will say this one, after rewatching it, was kind of underwhelming because obviously they're going to have better matches as time goes on with a pressure being on Cena. 
But this one, I think there was just maybe not as much build, like you said, as there could have been. I mean, he already pinned Booker T in that relay match. Oh, God, the relay match. I forgot about that. That was a cluster in and of itself. Uh, for those that don't know what too, I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> Literally, it's like you got five minutes to wrestle with somebody. Five minutes are up. Hey, somebody else is going to come in. You're going to wrestle them. Five minutes are up. The person that was there the longest, yep, they're going to switch out too. It was like, wow, uh, they're trying to make this way too complicated. Had they had Booker T one though, I think it would have probably made it a little bit more uh Believable, I think that John Cena would came out and overcame the odds, but uh, yeah, no, this was one of those things where it's like Cena wins here, Cena wins here. Uh, oh no, this is the start of Cena lulls, isn't it? Get used yeah, to it, buddy. It is. <laughs> you need to understand here. We gotta create new stars. I like this prototype Cena here, so let's give him not one win. Let's give him two wins and the build up to SummerSlam and the. And on the pay-per-view, that'll put a lot of bucks in the seats. Vince, Vince, why, why are you speaking like I honestly I like him. His haircut looks like, he looks like a gangster, yo. Vince, pl please don't, please don't speak white. You're too white. I'm going to wear everything that he wears. I hope he gets wristbands and t-shirts, and I hope I get to criticize that orange crap he wears. That's going to be on my bucket list. <laughs> Keep it up. Oh, come on, Vince. Don't say that. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's going to be another show that's going to be interesting for you guys to watch. Oh, man. Oh, man. Although I think they might have deleted it from Peacock or shortened it to the point where it's like, yeah, we're not going to show Booker T getting offended by this. It's like, you know what? That's that's fair. That's right, fair. Right. Vince is way too white to be even be saying that. And Vince is way too... It's just No. Everything Let's about not, it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so pivoting to uh, Raw once again, we see Edge taking on Batista and Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental Championship. Tell me, do you think the crowd was right in booing Edge? Uh, how did you feel about Edge here at this juncture? You know, it's really weird because I think that when I was watching this matchup, I don't know if it was my dad or my brother, but it was like one of those things where they said, these two look very similar to each other even though obviously edge had facial hair and chris jericho did not which yeah jericho with no facial hair is douchey jericho which i think that had he just continued that throughout his career he probably would have been buried thankfully he got facial hair years uh later but right. as far as to, to answer your question <laughs> um i think that it was just one of the things where edge was a victim of circumstance because he came back from his injury and, you know, he had the cast and then he had his Rob Zombie music taken away, which everybody loved, which I'm hoping further down the line when he turns face again, he brings that back just to make people pop. But I have my doubts. Um, right. It's just one of those things where it, everything kind of worked against him in a perfect way if that kind of makes sense because obviously edge had been a baby face for a couple of years so a good change of pace definitely would help him out and obviously as time goes on he definitely becomes a star that a lot of people are not going to forget in the long run so to answer your question i think they were they did have the you know enough tendency to boo him it was just a situation where again some of the things just did not work in his favor, but it all worked out for him in the end. He didn't get buried by the crowd, obviously. 
Right. I, th- I think it, it was for the greater good, personally. And, uh, I mean, we get that awesome um, Alter Bridge theme very shortly um, from this point. But um, mm-hmm. moving back to SmackDown, we see Kurt Angle out of, out of um, career-ending injury taking on Eddie Guerrero. Uh, let me ask you this. What, it, what do you make of WWE's exp- explanation that Kurt was faking his injuries? So, I think it's one of those things where only Kurt could do it. I just don't see anybody else during that time that could have faked an injury and then just be the kind of twisted, just demon- just kind of being... Just the way that Kurt sells it... Obviously, and then he, of course, he's just this coward guy who's getting chased by a crazy old man. Oh, you you can walk again. That's fine. You're gonna fight at SummerSlam. It's like, oh, okay, that that works. That works. Where he was just on that firing spree. Oh my gosh, the firing spree where he just fires Tony Chimmel and he fires Josh Matthews. That could have still been going on. He could have just Vince could have said, "We're gonna keep all the women. We're bringing the women back." Tony Chimmel, you have your job back. Wait, wait. Who do you fire? Josh who? <laughs> who? Ah, that kid can go somewhere else. He can go someplace where there's total nonstop action. Ooh. <laughs> that, that wouldn't have been the right move for him. Right. Although he probably would have met, met. No, he wouldn't have. Eh, whatever. Um, I will say this, that as far as like matches go, this is one that was probably my favorite, even looking back at it. Just because of the story that they told in the ring, the buildup from WrestleMania 20, they really made it feel like this was Godzilla versus King Kong round two. And it felt that way. Just, and it's, again, it's it's an Eddie Guerrero matchup. He literally tries to lie, cheat, and steal. He, he's wrestling with, like, one boot on. This dude can do no wrong. Right. <laughs> so, and the result at the end was honestly fair. Kurt Angle found a way to outsmart Eddie and picked up the victory because of that. And we it's not the last time you'll see Eddie versus uh, Kurt, a- Kurt Angle. Maybe not. Well, nope, nope. It, 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 it will be the last time you'll see it on the on pay-per-view. But, you know, if you were to watch SmackDown, you'll see some great matches between the two of them. Right on. Including, <laughs> including one matchup that has a big surprise, but I'm not going to spoil that for you. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I'm ready to be surprised. Um, I will say, um, going back to your hero, your ruthless aggression hero, I don't think this has jumped the chart for you yet. Perhaps things were just getting into getting into gear. For me personally, going through this ruthless aggression rewatch for the podcast, uh, I feel like Eugene has jumped the shark, and we've done way too much. Uh, attacking William Regal and jumping Eugene with Evolution. Uh, what did you make of this match? Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the build? What did you think about it? So the build definitely was one where it got a little extreme fast, but at the same time, you're trying to put over Triple H as this dastardly heel. I get that. But as far as everything that went you know, towards this matchup, I mean, the build was good. People were getting behind it, but then when the match happened... I think it felt like Orton and Triple H at Mania where you had the match, you had the right set of circumstances, but had they put a stipulation on there, it would have gone so much better. So I think the match itself, it was serviceable, passable. That's a completely different deal. 
as far as the ending goes uh i don't like it then and i don't like it now although i will say this and i don't know if you mentioned this on the show but one of my favorite moments is flair just going absolutely crazy and the amount of f-bombs that he is just bra- this is <laughs> something i specifically remember uh because we rec- we actually recorded on vhs I still remember Flair just dropping all these F-bombs and they could not censor it fast enough. So we're just hearing this, F you, F you, what are you doing that? F you, F. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. And Eugene's just kind of watching this whole thing. And then next thing you know, here's Regal. He's just like, oh, F me? No, F you, boom. <laughs> Knock him down with the punch. It's like, okay, that got a good pop. That was great. And then the finish happened. It's like, oh, that was I not know. supposed to happen. Total balloon deflation right there, man. It was awful. But yeah, uh, I'm... <laughs> but speaking of awful, uh... <laughs> are we there? <laughs> we are there. We are covering John Bradshaw Layfield with Orlando Jordan versus The Undertaker. Uh, now, oh, of course, gosh. I do I do like JBL. I'm not gonna lie. I think he's a great heel. This match just wasn't it, though. Um, so, Nobody cared for this match. <laughs> right. I mean, what, they were doing it away. <laughs> what, what is there to say? A lot of people weren't behind JBL. Were you one of these guys? Um, I think that because I was still getting used to the business, um, as far as like JBL goes, he didn't really leave too much of an impression on me. Um, and I just started getting into Undertaker as well, which I think I only had one Undertaker match in my belt before the SummerSlam one. And that was his match with Orlando Jordan on a SmackDown. And it ended with JBL just being like, hey, look at me, clothesline from hell. No, that's a JR one. Say, hey, look at me, <laughs> clothesline from hell. Maggle. I still feel like it's, t- eh, whatever. <laughs> it's JBL. He doesn't deserve the justice. Um, but yeah, no, it's just one of those matches that this did nothing although we did have that comedic deal where uh jbl seemingly has the win orlando just grabs the referee and he's doing the almost the three count for him <laughs> and, and he's just kind of like he's lighting up with every count he's like one oh i could do this two oh hey i could do this going for the three but as soon as taker kicks out he's like oh come on man i get to do one thing just right. let me have this right. and jbl's like what? <laughs> you couldn't ca- fa- count fast enough? And then, of course, everybody remembers the finish. Uh, Taker literally killing JBL. And then just deciding, I'm going to send you to hell. And I'm going to do it through your own limousine. <laughs> Bye-bye. Through the limo. That just, that, and the uh, image following where he just looks down at the camera and his eyes rolled in the back of his head. That was just... That made the that made everything worthwhile. It's like okay, match sucked, but the post thing that was great, and the finish that almost wasn't you know with the fan getting on top of the limo. Imagine had he fallen through, man. It's just it's crazy oh, to think about. But of course now to the uh, one thing that was forgotten on this show. It's Randy Orton mm-hmm. versus Redacted, in a. Uh, and a stat that still holds up, Randy Orton is still the youngest champion of all time as of 2022. And uh, uh, I thought this match was pretty good. Uh, probably could have been better. I mean, they gave it plenty of time. But uh, it was mm-hmm. definitely a good coming out party for Randy Orton. What, what did you make of all this? 
Honestly, it was. As a kid, I think I was disappointed that that fill-in-the-blank did not retain the championship. But I think that it was the right... Well, I know that they were trying to basically say, like, well, we got to find somebody that's going to that's gonna take over because we can't let, you know, the last youngest champion be Brock Lesnar. He stuck up the joint at WrestleMania 20. Who do we got? Who do we got? Uh, who do we got? Who do we got, Bruce? Well, we got this Randy Orton <laughs> character here. What about him? I love him. You love him? You know what? I love him too. Let's put the belt on him. Uh, uh, Vince, I don't think he's ready for to have that championship yet. I don't, I don't care. Let's put the belt on him so that way people talk about him. And then when 2022 comes around, they'll still be talking about it, damn it. <laughs> when he kills his family in, two- in three years. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Vince McMahon had the foresight. Let's all admit it. No, I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> foresight or for never mind <laughs> not going down that path the answer is yes <laughs> <laughs> uh, the answer is always yes except when it comes to Vince McMahon <laughs> but yeah man I, that SummerSlam 04 and uh, it's it's a pretty pretty weird show all around I would say um, what are your overall thoughts sleep I mean, if I were to, you know, quote a great podcast, well, the rating I would give, I'd probably get, I'd still give the show like a thumbs up. It's one of those shows where, yes, it does have some matches you have to bear through and a uh, a deal where you watch, you watch boobies fly. It's still a show that I think definitely sets kind of a slow, but still a steady pace going into the next few uh, shows afterwards. Because, obviously, you know, once you get to Unforgiven, things are going to change a lot. I mean, you I mean, you probably have seen the card right right yes. there. You got yes. literally a huge lo- lineup of, you know, tag team titles. Hey, Rhino and Tajiri, they get their matchup. You got a Intercontinental ladder match, because why not? Uh, <laughs> you, get, <laughs> you, you got, you got Tyson Tomko taking on a woman who is, spoiler alert... A man, and then you got the possibly saddest match on the card being the main event, which is Triple H and Randy Orton, and you'll know why when they talk about it. So I'm not going to go into more than that. <laughs> right. Although your woman who is a man has definitely piqued my interest, and I've probably forgotten what that means. So uh, I, just... <laughs> I forgot. Does that, does that mean that th- that the woman is that the woman has boobies, but he had, but they got a dingling, or is it like, a, like a, you'll, you'll see, you'll, you'll, you'll see once, once you get to that matchup. I, like I said, I'm gonna let that match speak for itself because there's only so many things that you can describe. But when you see it, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that's why he didn't say anything. <laughs> gotcha. I will, I will keep it like evolution, a mystery until we get to it. So. <laughs> Uh, Nate, <laughs> Nate, definitely have enjoyed having you on here. Uh, before we close out here, uh, is there anything that you want to plug? Uh, where can we find you? Absolutely. So if you guys want to listen to more of my voice, then you can definitely check me out on the Game Changer podcast. Uh, but also you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Real FN Game. And one thing I definitely do want to plug is that coming in the forthcoming month, I will it's be making a... <laughs> Oh, Valvinus, get out of here. No, go ahead. He comes and goes. Oh, no, not again. 
Just want to make sure that they hear this. Oh, not get out of here, Val Venus. You're gonna get fired in about a year anyway. <laughs> Who, who'd you ever be? Well, I I face Tyson Tomko. Get out of here, man. <laughs> oh, the plot thickens. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will be making a grand return to a a podcast regime, which will be revealed on Twitter. So definitely check that out and listen to that. Um, yeah, no, other other than that, I think that everything is going to be great. There's a lot of things that are going to be happening, so definitely tune in on social media and definitely get the chance to see what I have in store. But before I pass it over to you, Levi, where you can do your shameless plugs, super kick parties, whatever you want to do, I uh, just wanted to say I definitely want to plug these guys. Ruthless Aggression Pod is just a fun, wholesome deal in which a trio of guys talk about wrestling and it's something that definitely takes you out of the negativity that you hear in the world and with wrestling it's just one of those things that you just absolutely enjoy so if you've not listened to any of the earlier shows i definitely recommend listening to them and that is not just me getting a royalty paycheck this is me coming from the heart saying that levi kyle and good old jkr himself they definitely are worth the listen to whether it's one hour two hours by god they even did about a three or four hour podcast five hours of wrestlemania 20 (laughs) (laughs) my most ambitious project to date oh my god but man i appreciate that that is very kind um my gosh this podcast is it's a labor of love uh, it's, it's a love letter to my childhood, and uh, it means a lot to me that it's resonated with people like you and uh, some of our other great listeners who have been with us for a while, such as Mr. Fretz and, uh, and, and our boy Trevor Freilich out there, and, uh, and many more. I, there's so many I, c- I can relate to, but uh, man, it's truly been an honor chatting with you today. Uh, I have appreciated so much your support for the podcast, man. Uh, it's, it's been an honor to have you here today, so thank you, sir. Not a problem, my good sir. From your one and only champion, out and out of the Milky Way. I thought it'd be fun, though, if we could uh, if we could do a little uh, Ruthless Aggression closeout. Uh, if I can get a little Stay Ruthless from you. So, uh, uh, does that sound good? <clears throat> Sounds very good. Let me just get my end here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here. For Levi, for Jake R., and for Kyle, the Nate the effing great, remind you to stay ruthless. Yeah. <laughs>